Welcome to Fly Cool Shit. Fly Cool Shit. A podcast about flying cool shit. Join us weekly where we talk about aerobatics, warbirds, tailwheel flying, unique aircraft, and much, much more. Let's start the show. You're cleared into the box. Smoke on. I'm going to smash that record button. Are we rolling? We're rolling, dude. Record button We're is rolling. smashed. Welcome, everybody. Episode 16, Fly Cool Shit. Hey, everybody. I'm Mark. Got Jeff Petroselli in the house with me. Booyah. We're both so two sheets to the wind. Actually, you're probably three sheets to the wind. I'm one and a half sheets to the wind. I am like a full comforter to the wind with like another blanket on top, winter style. <laughs> so in case so everybody listening i I don't know what time you're listening or i don't even know what time zone you're in so it's 10 o'clock p.m i actually went to dinner tonight went with my parents they drove so uh you know after this podcast baby name baby number three might be coming out um (laughs) (laughs) but it was a great dinner we went to this little wine spot it's not even like a wine it used to be a wine spot but then they started doing food and the food is really good unexpectedly. And, but they have really good wine. Select. and I'm not a wino, but the person that owns it went to school with my wife. So um, it's just like really cool. Cause they know you and it's like no drama, no bullshit. And they don't overcharge you. They're not trying to sell you like some 200 bottle of like whatever bullshit wine. And uh, yeah. So I'm like, we had a, maybe we can get into it a little bit. So we started off with a bottle of, uh, I'm going to pronounce it really bad, the uh, Bonfi Monticello. It was a 2010 bottle. It's a nice bottle. Okay. We let it breathe for a yeah. little bit. Did the whole decanting, you know. And it's so awkward, too, because I don't, I'm not, I know a little bit about wine, but I'm not snobby about it. And for me, it's so awkward. Like, what are the odds that you're going to get a bad bottle of wine? Like, what do you think? Oh, meaning like a wine that you just don't like or like, you know, like a corked bottle or something like that or like yeah. where it's a bad. Like something that turned. Um, like percentage wise. Boy, it's low. I, and, and honestly, um, there is a percentage and I, I just can't remember it. I want to say it's 6%, but I don't I don't think it's that high. I was going to um, guess like 2%, 2, 3%. It's something. It's probably something around there. Yeah. So like, it's so awkward because, you know, you're, you're trying to be like cool and everything and you got a good relationship with everybody going on. And then they pop the bottle and, you know, I'm kind of young, I'm 34 and I got a baby face, I guess. And I, you know, my voice isn't the deepest voice uh, of all the men out there. So you are the uh, songbird of a generation. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they, they pour the, uh, and my father is like, just like, he's such a man. He's six foot five. He has, he barely great. I'm bald. He's barely great. He's got hair like a black stallion. It's incredible. <laughs> and he's like, he's not, he's like a, he's like 220 and he's just built and he's 60. He was born in 55. So he's 60. And so he's what happened such, to you then? I don't know. It was a mailman or FedEx guy. One of the two. Pick one. Pick yeah. Your cool boy. Yeah. And even my brothers, my brothers are all 6'5", 6'6", 250. And I'm 5'9", and 220. I'm just like the runt 
the runt and stump of the family. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so like he's a man, and he's like, oh, he like points to me, like, oh, pour it in his glass, and I like, I'm like, oh, that's kind of whatever. So they pour like the two ounces or three ounces, and like you know, I'm at the point where I can give the glass like a good swirl. You know, I got that yeah. down. And like I've read, I like I've watched the documentaries. I've been around people, and like I know how to do the proper tasting, but I don't know what the hell I'm looking at, or look. I mean, uh, like tasting for, and I don't sure. want to do it because it's like I don't want to pretend. I don't want to be a phony. Like I'm not a phony, and like I hate people that are posers. Like that's like one of my pet peeves. I hate posers. Like whatever, yeah, whatever, whatever. You know, you're an aerobatic competitor or you're a basketball player. I don't like just posers in general irritate the shit out of me. Just be who you are. So like I yourself. Yeah. So like, I don't want to pretend like I know what I'm looking at. So, you know, you give and like, I already know I'm going to give like the old, like, do you give the nod? Do you give like the head Bob? Do you say like out loud? Okay. Like, I don't know what to do. So it's so awkward for me. So they pour, you know, the three ounces or whatever. And then, um, sure. you know, I sip it and there's like a whole art to it. Like some people like, you know, you know, you can even like burble it, like do a little bubble action with it, you know, aerate it a little bit, all that crap. And, um, you know, it tasted fine. I mean, it tasted good. Obviously, it's got to open up a little bit, but um, so you get the old head nod. And then it's just like, ah, to me, it's like a waste of time. I, do you, what do you do? Like when you're at it, because you know what you're looking at, like you know your shit. Yeah. Do you, you go well, through the whole so, thing? So I'll kind of give you like sommelier tips I want, as I want far like as like experience of like i want to like let's just set the setting like you and i are at a table right now you know just no homo we're having like a nice okay. italian dinner and you order carbone. some fancy carbone. yeah oh yeah totally carbone totally carbone yeah and yeah. uh you know you get the wine list from the waiter right and i'm just yeah. the total i'm the total bitch in this situation i'm just like oh okay. you so much so fun. i order for you you order for me you know spicy okay. rigatoni Okay. <laughs> all day all right and i like get it. the wine guy, a guy comes over he shows you the label which is irrelevant because it's like uh yeah you, you know at that point you know you should get your shit together you should know what you're bringing to the table and yeah. uh and he pours the three ounces into the glass and like you take it from there like what do you do like what's your okay yeah um so he's showing you the label to make to just show you just to confirm that this is the wine that you bought now the the vast majority of consumers, um, you know, they're buying wine, they're seeing it off a menu, and they're just saying, you know what? A lot, most people pick it off price point, right? It's like, okay, I want a bottle of wine, I don't want to spend more than a hundred bucks. Here's one for sixty five. I'm gonna pick that one. So the person that whether it's a waiter or the actual sommelier of the restaurant or whatever coming over to you and and bringing that bottle to you, they're just showing you the bottle to make sure, hey, this is what you ordered. Once they pour it typically they're pouring it to show you that it's uh, to have you taste it, to make sure it's not corked. Now uh, th that's a whole, we could turn this into a whole wine podcast um, and it would just bore everybody to death. But basically what, what, um, yeah, I don't think what they're, we got 10 minutes to, we can, we can go into the weeds for no, 10 for minutes. sure. Oh, I, I well, but I could go in it for an hour, so I won't do that. But 10 minutes, 10 minutes is, is good. Um, that that initial pour that they do is is nothing more than to show you that the bottle is good. And so um, now people may not be able to tell a, a corked wine. And what what 
corked, I'm using air quotes here. What corked means is that there's some sort of flaw in the wine. The wine is flawed. Now, um, I've, I've had, I've had too many glasses of wine tonight to go through <laughs> the different, um, and I can't even remember, I can't remember the, the actual name, but basically when you say the wine is corked, uh, cork rot is, is basically what you're talking about. And there's a, there's a, a more substantial name to it. And I just can't remember it, but, um, just, it's just a merely a function of cork, the production of corks for wine bottles, um, I think that might be the 6% that I'm getting is like one is like 6% of corks produced are just have a fungus. They're bad. And so they will, they will, um, basically they will infect a, a wine and they'll, you know, if you ever grabbed a glass of wine and it, it smells like, like musty newspaper, you'll know it when you, I mean, it, it'll smell and taste terrible. It'll be rancid. And it'll be, it's just about rancid. Now there's, there's different, you know, elements to a wine that can make it bad. Now I've, I've gotten a glass of wine at restaurants where it's just been open too long and it's oxidized. And that's a different, that's different than corked. It is flat, but it, well, and it, it tastes it, like raisinated and, and highly acidic where, you know, the oxygen has just sat like, you know, there's, there's kind of a saying, it's like, don't, don't buy a wine by the glass after Sunday, <laughs> you know, cause typically <laughs> restaurants will clear out, you know, like they're by the glass wines. They'll, they'll either, good restaurants if they have bottles left over from you know if they have it left over from the week that's a long time a week is a long time to have a bottle of wine open even if oh you God. um Anything even if you pump it in my opinion is just done yeah yeah most restaurants will the, the, you know they'll label like the day and the time that it's open and and they usually don't keep it more than 72 hours but um that's kind of the thing you know you you, you get to a restaurant on a thursday night you know, or like a hotel bar and like, Hey, I get a glass of your cab or whatever. And, and it, it arrives and it's, it's probably been open all week and might've even been open from the weekend. And chances are, it's going to be oxidized. But in the case that you're talking about where, you know, they pop the cork, they pour just a tiny, you know, couple ounces, ounce or two, two or three, you know, three ounces, um, into the glass. They're merely just trying to show you or have you taste the wine and be like, yes, it is to my satisfaction. So in that case, as a consumer, me, um, even being a sommelier, um, I'll swirl it, I'll smell it and I'll taste it. And then I'll, I'll just say it's good. I'll yeah, give a thumbs like, up. And like, then from there, specifics. like take me through, like you get this three, four ounce pour, right? Do you okay. make eye contact with the guy or do you look at the glass? Are you looking at like the Viscot? Are you looking at the legs? Like, what are you doing? Well, so are you asking about that kind of initial, like when you buy a bottle and they bring it to the table and they give you that little bit to taste, are you asking yeah. about that? Or are you asking yeah. about once they pour everybody? No, I'm talking about the awkward moment where they pour like a little bit and then they stand yeah. there holding yeah, yeah. the bottle looking at you. They're doing nothing more that they're, they are merely there to make sure that you are happy with the wine from a, is it good or bad standpoint? So it's a very quick taste. I, I smell it. I may swirl it. Um, I'll look at it though. I, sometimes I won't even swirl it, but I have, you know, this is where you can't take me anywhere. Cause I, I tend to swirl everything that comes into my hand just cause I'm used to it. So I'll swirl it. You got a natural it. talent for it. I can swirl. <laughs> yeah. You can your, swirl. Your boy can, your, your boy can swirl. Um, and then I'll, I'll take a quick taste and then I merely, I'm literally, I'm the only thing I'm concerned about is, is this bottle corked or flawed or not? And so, um, I'll taste it. And if it's not corked, it tastes good. I'll just, I'll literally get a physical thumbs up. I'll be like, it's good. Uh, that's great. Thank you. And they'll pour around the table. And then from there, if it's like wine geeky people, 
we could then go to like evaluating the wine and evaluating like what it is and if it's quality and where, you know, how it's vinified and the oak and the age and, you know, the oh body God. and intensity and all that stuff, which is way beyond what anybody else does. But that initial like, hey, this guy's standing over me, uh, putting pressure on me to like give him an answer on something. <laughs> it's merely, he's literally only there to make sure that you are, you are okay with the bottle. Cause if you taste it and you're like, Oh, this wasn't what I expected at all. Um, even at like, believe it or not, like high end restaurants, you know, you go and you order a $3,000 bottle of wine. If, if it's not what you expected, it may not even be bad. If it's just not what you expected, they are expecting you to send it back. Yeah. Uh, and let that be a lesson for everybody out there. First of all, don't ever be afraid to send a bad glass of wine back. Please do it because anybody worth their weight in salt first. Okay. I'll, I'll take another step back. Anybody that brings a bottle of wine to you should have tasted or I'm sorry, a glass of wine to you. Anybody that brings a glass of wine, the bartender or the person that's pouring should taste the bottle and make sure that it's not when they open it, that it is not corked before they pour the glass. Yeah. Especially um, if they can't like $15 for a glass or 20 bucks for a glass. I mean, it should totally. be good. Oh it yeah. And I've old. No, no. And I've been that guy. I'm like, Hey, this is oxidized. And they look at me funny. They're like, uh, I don't know. And I'm like, right, trust me, it's oxidized. Trust um, me. And I'm, I've, I've I'm had a wing pilot. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a limo driver. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've, I've sent back, I've sent back glasses of wine that were flat out corked. I mean, like that tasted like rancid tar newspaper, moldy newspaper. And I'm like, you know, nobody, obviously nobody opened this bottle, poured a little bit for themselves. And, you know, you're probably thinking like, well, a bartender would be like shit face at the end of the night if they did this for every bottle. I mean, they can, they can sit, they can, you know, swirl in their mouth and then spit if they wanted to, but it's just a little bit, it's just enough to be like, okay, Hey, this, this, this wine is, is intact. It's good. Um, well, so yeah, the, you know, before maker, it gets to you, like even at our vineyard, like when I went down to the cellar and they were, whatever they were doing, you know, we do all Merlot out here and you just see the guy, he'd, he'd swirl, sip and spit. That's, they don't drink. Yep. You yeah, know? absolutely. You couldn't, and, especially like in that environment where you're, you're tasting, you know, I've never been in that position where I'm like handed like a hundred glasses of, uh, or, you know, a hundred tastes. And I have to evaluate a hundred tastes or anything like that. I mean, even, you know, think about, you know, drinking 15 tastes of wine. I mean, that's like three, that's probably three or four glasses of wine. Yeah. Uh, that's a lot of wine. You know, yeah. you start, that's like three, three quarters to a full bottle of wine. So and, yeah, and you're going to be wine? kind of tipsy after that. 15, 16% alcohol, right? That's a little high. Um, I, I don't know. It, the average kind of depends on where you get it. Uh, like in the new world, I'm using air quotes again, new world, which is North America, you know, like Napa. It's not, it's not uncommon to see 14, 14, five, uh, percent yeah. alcohol, um, in Paso Robles. Shit, man. We were just drinking a, I think we we're drinking a, I think I opened a cab from there. It was 15, five, which is high. That's Wait, high alcohol. But it's early, but I mean, it's 10, 20 here. So seven twenty, and you're a little toasty. I mean, when did you start dinner? What time is dinner by you? You guys do well, early dinner? No, I start. I had a glass before dinner, and then I had I had a pretty full glass. I, I so I what I did. This is what I did. So for for the listeners, we uh, you know, <laughs> it's a logistical. Uh, it's actually it hasn't been a logistical nightmare at all. I was going to say logistical nightmare. That would be a gross misrepresentation of how we schedule the podcast. Like, I, I feel like we've done a really good job of, of the logistics side of it of planning it when out. we record. It, works it out. just works out. 
Yeah. And it's, and it's totally great. And, uh, we, you know, it's like, we talked at the beginning of the week. It's like, Hey, like, you know, when do we want to do this? And it's like, Hey, let's try for today. Oh, today didn't work. Okay. Let's try for tomorrow. Oh, you know, eh, let's, let's, Hey, how tomorrow is more open for one of us or both or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Let's try for tomorrow. Great. And so, um, today it was, you and know, you checked way, like, in and U S postal service is fucking up something spectacular that we have coming by about three weeks. Yes. And I have tracking Ugh. numbers to prove it. It's not me. I'm not lying. I have the fucking tracking numbers. We have some guests in the lineup. Yeah. Yeah. Epic. Um, epic. So what we, we had planned, I, I, I sent you a text. I was like, Oh, you know how, how's like, you know, six or 7 PM local time for me. So that's, that's um, nine or 10 year time. I'm like, great. And so I had a glass of wine at five, um, ate some dinner at like five forty-five, six o'clock. And then I was like, you know, if, if Petro texts me like at six o'clock, like we're ready to go. I want to have a glass of wine. Yeah. Totally. Um, and then if not, if, if, it, if it's towards the later end of seven, I'll just drink the wine and I'll be good. And so I just, I poured, you know, kind of hef- a, a hefty glass and the wife and I were watching uh reruns of, or not reruns, but uh, we've seen it a million times, trailer park boys. So we're just like binging trailer park boys on Netflix. I <laughs> um, drink some good, a good blend from uh, Australia, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So um yeah, man, we have some stuff, in, dude. You're a little toasty. We have some. I like it. Wait, l- let me get back. So, anyway, so yeah. I did the Bonfi Monticello, right? Does that sound right to you? Where from? Oh. Well, I'm not familiar. I'll find okay. out. I, I won't find okay. out. But anyway, it was an Italian. It was really good. And then we switched to a um, Schaefer, really good wine. Schaefer um, Cat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I that thought Schaefer, really good stuff. Good stuff. And yeah. um, it was just me and my pop. We were drinking the, the wine together, my my wife and my uh, mother. By the way, we'll get into that. Like a lot of good childhood stories that I'm sure all of you can relate out there. Um, they were drinking, <laughs> you know, Prosecco the whole time. So I wasn't like, I got home and, uh, you know, I'm a little, I would say a little bit more than buzzed, you know, just feeling like really good. Like I want to fucking record a great podcast right now. That's why I hit you up. Oh yeah, dude. um, And then I went over to, I don't have like a liquor cabinet. I mean, I could, but I'm just a lazy asshole. So my liquor is just like in cabinets randomly throughout the house, (laughs) like wherever (laughs) strategically placed. Yeah. Just like wherever I let the list. And like, I'm a big Jameson, uh, Jameson guy, which once we uh, get Johnny Wacker and AJ and Dunphy and all those guys on the podcast, they'll give you the intro. They force fed me Jameson to like it. Um, but anyway, so I'm at a Jameson and like big time childhood memory came back. I had a bottle of a Johnny Walker black and I'm like, you know what? Like my grandparents drank this. I can drink. This. I'm a man. I got some hair on my Absolutely. chest. I could do this. Absolutely. So I poured myself a glass and I, I did some ice, you know, wimping out a little bit, but I'm, uh, I'm keeping it going. Keeping it going right now. Love it, dude. Love it. But, but Love yeah, it. Dinner was great. Um, we talked about, you know, I wasn't a wild child, but, you know, like I snuck out, got myself into trouble, you know, used to take the cars out before I had a license, you know, that kind of stuff. Nowadays, the kids are just, well, nowadays kids are like really into gaming, it seems like everybody's cell phone and like iPad it up like crazy. Yeah. And, um, you know, here and there you hear about like drugs, you know, some like drugs. Like when I was in school, everybody, you know, most people did weed, like everybody was smoking pot. And like, if you were really, if you were like a hardcore kid or whatever, you did Coke, 
Like that was the, like, you were like, Oh wow. Oh, like, totally. Oh boy. Like that kid's like, yeah, like hardcore. Hardcore. now, yeah. like in my town, you know, I live on a, I'm trying to raise my kids to, I feel like I'm, I'm trying to be humble and my kids, I want to be humble and like know the value of a dollar. And I always worked and, you know, I've worked my whole life, but like where I live, like there's kind of like a rich kid, rich kids around here. And there's like easy access. There was like a stent about three years ago for a couple of years of a heroin going around. And like, apparently in the school that I went to, they used to have to close the doors to the bathrooms during the day in high school because kids were shooting up heroin in the bathroom. Like, can you imagine walking into That's the bathroom? That's a whole level. Dude, I'd cry. I'd be like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I was no. just so crying. Like, that is just crazy. Fucking nuts. I was not, yeah. I yeah. was not that kid. Like, we def- did, like I would have been that, that free. I would have been that freaked out kid for sure. I would have been totally. I mean, I got freaked out when I found out like a couple of my guy, like my guy friends were doing coke. I'm like, dude, like, you, you sure? <laughs> like, it's you prison want- stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, where are you? Now I guess that's from. Like, where are yeah, you like, refining that? Yeah. Like, oh god. But um, yeah. Like my day was like, you know, you don't even hear kids talking about like. Remember, like dime bags. Like a dime bag was oh, like yeah. a thing. That was the talk. Like, you yeah, had a dime bag. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I know. Back in our day. So, yeah, so we were talking about, I was telling my mother about how bad it was, because I used to like, I used to sneak out, but I wasn't, a, I tried to be smart about it. And I found out that they all, re- you know, she realized that what I was doing, but I used to like get out of my bed and then I put like pillows underneath the comforter and like make like a makeshift like body under there. And then, <laughs> yeah, kind of like, uh, what's that escape from Alcatraz? I probably got the yeah, idea. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And then, you know, I had the old fashioned like, windows where you'd like roll it you know like roll it to get open like that little winder yeah. so i yeah. take you it was like work you had, yeah i took the screen out wind it out and then i had to reach in you know you had to climb out the window and it wasn't like a my window was like a six foot drop so i had to like and i'm five foot nine so i'm not like you know really tall and then i had to wind the window back in because when i was sneaking out it was like you know like october it was cold so i couldn't let the uh the heat be running all night you know they wake up yeah. So we were talking about that and, uh, you know, all sorts of shit and all sorts of trouble. But, um, were you flying back then? Cause your, your dad's a pilot. Uh, were you like, when did you start flying? So I was like, so he was what always was your first flight in an airplane. I know we like vouched. Never we're that podcast now. we're officially that po- that podcast now. I know. I love it. I love it that I'm drunk and talking about it because the truth will come out. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I always grew, you know, even as a kid, I always grew up going to the airport. I was an airport rat, but do you, you feel know, like that kind of stuff like shielded you? Like, like obviously your airport rat loving flying, like, that you almost didn't have time to get involved in the real hardcore crazy stuff. Cause that's kind of how I feel about myself. Well, I was like, yes and no. So, you know, I kind of, during the school year, I was always into sports. So what would happen is I, I was really big into lacrosse and um, I played lacrosse like all year round, whatever travel or, or state team. And then during the summer I would fly. So in high school I would I would start flying in the summer and I'd work up to like soloing or whatever. And I didn't do like the cliche solo at 16. I just, it didn't work out for me. So I'd work up, I'd be flying and then like, you know, between travel, travel league and then going back to school, like I would just stop and I'd be at the school and you know, whatever activity I was doing there. And then 
you know, over break or back to summer, then I'd start flying again. Like I never, my father never forced me to go flying. Um, he was never like that person like, Oh, I want, you know, like, it seems like a lot of these kids, like, it's like almost like their dad is like living vicariously through them. Like to like get them yeah. to solo, like, you know, 20 planes at 16, like it fucking matters. And, um, yeah, yeah exactly. You know, and you know, he, that's why I love it. You know, love about, it, especially at this stage of my life. Like I really have a, a true passion for it. Like I've always wanted to do it. And there were some sports when I was younger, you know, that was, that I was kind of forced to play and I just absolute hate. You know, I just never developed a natural passion for it. So I was never, ever in my life forced to fly. And um, eventually in college, I went to school on a scholarship for lacrosse. And then I got hurt really bad um, my first okay. year. It was uh, like devastating. I was crying oh, like uh, totally. I was crying in my coach's office. It was a terrible time. I, I just couldn't play. I was, my hip is just so fucked up at this point. Like anytime I go into like a full sprint, my hip will pop out. <laughs> it's really, really wow yeah it's like a bad hip flexor like i can raise my knee and when i lower my knee you'll hear like my whole hip pop <laughs> it's really oh jeez yeah i probably need surgery but <laughs> we'll see yeah, yolo yeah whatever it'll happen anyway so i came home from school because i couldn't play lacrosse up there and um uh there was a local school here that was doing like aviation so i went to school for business and um, let me just get some scotch in my belly. <laughs> and, scotchy, uh, scotch, 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 scotch. And I'm like, you know, I'll, I'll start flying again. And I really like that. And, you know, I paid for the fuel. Um, at the time, you know, he had invested in another person to do a flight school and they bought a decathlon. So I had access to that, which I'm really grateful for. Um, I had to pay for the fuel and a little bit more, but um, it was really some of the best flying I've ever done. And, um, yeah, I just eventually got my license. I, I don't even know what age I got. I don't, I'm really bad at like, I don't log a lot of time. I don't, you know, really, I'm not into that like stereotypical, like I did this at that age. And like, you know, when I was younger, when I was like 14 or 15, like I'd look at some of the other kids that their dads were buying them like brand new airplanes and this and that. And I'm like, Oh, like, like that can you buy buy me a suit 26 or something he's like <laughs> mine like no <laughs> good i job. know dude get a job <laughs> i i used to idolize nick nealmeyer like to no oh end because he obviously was from the bay area he's in the stars of tomorrow he was talent really 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 talented um, dude, I'd, I'd walk into the hangar like i was you know i go to the hangar still and like my you know he had a suit 29 and I would, I'd be like, oh God, please, like, let me fly. Like, he'd be like, I'll take you for a ride, but like, you're not, go buy your own. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I'm not giving you this. And like, the worst part is everybody thought I was like some like silver spoon baby. Like, oh, you're, you get to fly. I'm like, no, like, I don't, <laughs> like, please, like, you don't even understand. Like, it's even worse at this point. So, but at, you know, at this age of my life, I'm, it's much better that it worked out that way because, you know, you, you make yeah. your own, you make your own bones and, you make your own way, but you know, yeah. as like a 16 year old or so, you know, you walk in, you see this pristine 29 and oh, you want it all anger and you're like, please God, like, just let me, let me fly it. Please God. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's a beautiful 29 too, man. Oh God. It's freaking, it's, it was gorgeous. But yeah, there was, there was a bunch of kids like back in, uh, what year was that? Like Oh eight, Oh eight ish. And I was like, Oh God, I'm so, I was, yeah, I think I was jealous. I would say I was jealous, like in a good way. Oh, yeah. 
I never had resentment because like, you know, you make your own way, but I was like, Oh my God, that's fucking awesome. Like, God damn. Like you're so lucky. <laughs> oh yeah. Dude. I used to get so mad. I remember, um, it was like some girl and like, she, she didn't even have, I don't even know if she had her license. She was young, but she, and she had an instructor, but it was like, she was going to do a circumnavigation or some, some record. Right. And I was like, I forgot how old I was, but like, I didn't have my license yet. And I was like, this is bullshit. Like, like, like screw you. I hope you die. Like, like <laughs> I want that. And, and they, they did die. Oh my God. <laughs> and I, serious? Uh, no, dead, dead serious. They, they died trying to break the record. And I, and you know, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, obviously I didn't literally want them to die. So That's like when it happened, I was like, Gator doesn't play. Like, Gator doesn't play. Yeah. <laughs> Gator's better than you, right? <laughs> yeah, I felt so bad. But yeah, yeah I, I would get so jealous. You? <laughs> no, I, I I did. I feel I talk a I talk nah. a lot of smack, but I, I I'm, nah, pretty, I'm pretty I'm pretty um, oh yeah. Cause I, I I don't ever I'm 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 a there's a, a I have a, a lot of empath in me. Yeah. For as much shit as I talk. It's um, kind of like a Todd's canopy situation. Like, yeah, you're sad, but like, it's fun to joke about. It's fun to joke about. Yeah. Every time I fly with that canopy, I'm, I'm worried about it shattering. R.I.P. Not Todd. really. Rest in peace. I, dude, I think, is he, is, he, is he dead? I don't know. We got to find out. I'm pretty sure he's dead. I saw an RV for sale that was built recently that had a Todd's canopy on it. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. You know, if only we had a device that had a database of information that we could like pull from. Oh, you want to hear, you want to hear something funny? Totally ADD, like insert yes. foot in mouth. So I'm at, yes. it's Christmas Eve, right? Picture this, like big Italian family, Christmas Eve, like, I don't know what time at night, like six o'clock or whatever. It's me, my wife, like small Christmas Eve, my father-in-law, my mother-in-law, my sister, and, uh, you know, a couple of other people, whatever. But my mother-in-law and father-in-law, they get this book. It was uh, the night before Christmas. But the book, what it does is you record, like they recorded their voice telling the story. So my kids, I have a, you know, four and five-year-old. So when they read the book, it's my, my in-laws, my, you know, my father-in-law, my mother-in-law telling the story to them. Right. Sounds really okay. like really cool. Right. You know, kids will have memories. So me being the, I was I wasn't really drunk, but I'm just an idiot. I'm like, oh my God, that's a great idea. Cause when you're dead, they'll hear your voice. <laughs> and, and, oh my and gosh. They looked at me like, you fucking asshole. Like, why would you say that? Out, why would you say that out loud? <laughs> and then I just kept going, like just trying to save myself and just digging my hole like 10 feet deep. That's so funny. Yeah. Hey, All right. So you- I have, I have a breaking update. Oh, what's on Todd, Todd's canopies. So I go, I go, uh, I Google Todd's canopies and his Facebook page comes up. So I'm like, Oh, hey, there's still, still a, uh, still a, a Facebook page. There's a glimmer of hope. <laughs> glimmer of hope. So I, so it's like, Oh, here's the website, Todd'scanopies.com. I click it and it's like some fly fishing website now. I'm like, well, that's not right. So let me, not, let me go back to the Facebook page it's not and, good. um, not good, not boating well. And I come across this June eighteenth, twenty sixteen post, and it says very tragically. Todd, Mitch is this our that? producer. Is our uh, producer Mitch giving you this shit? Mitch, yeah, Mitch just um, sent it to our uh, 
You know, he's, he, he put it on the ticker tape here. Uh, it says here, um, June 18th on 20, uh, June 18th, 2016, uh, it says very tragically, Todd passed away Saturday, June 12th as a result of a plane crash. I knew so that he is no longer with us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now everybody's got to pay 20 grand for it. Canopy. Thanks a lot, Todd. Thanks, Todd. You asshole. You had a good die. Well, hopefully it wasn't the canopy that failed. Oh my God. How fucking ironic. Wouldn't that be crazy? I mean, I love I that the honestly, real talk, the problem, like if we have a problem on our airplane with the canopy, because he did all the he for the northern lights, he did all the can all the glass. So all the inspection panels are tinted. The underwing panels are tinted. The canopy is tinted. And so where what are you gonna do? You're gonna one of those 20, breaks. You're gonna pay twenty grand. That's what you're gonna do. I'm gonna That's pay twenty grand. Get out that fucking checkbook and Dear, dear Mr. Doug Veda, Southeast Arrow and Kramer. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> dear I Douglas. Love I love those guys and I hope they're laughing, but it's the Me truth. Too. What I, are you going to do? It's not even, that, but you can't even get mad at Doug. It's not even Doug or Kramer or it's, no. it's really the, the fucking Germans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking Germans. Oh, we can just totally get it's, into them I, right now. We can, we can blame bad. Eric extra personally. Yeah, we can, but he won't care because he's fucking just cashing NG checks left and right. Just, just mo money, mo money, mo money, mo money, dude. He's just making it rain. He's probably at some so he, like red light district right now, just making it rain. Oh, just, just <laughs> all your dollar dollar bills. All your harder in American dollars buying NGs. He's just making it rain over, you know, some German chick and whatever the hell her name is. <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No. Um, in fact, I, I, I didn't get a chance to call him back, but I got a call from Kramer. So I talked to Kramer this morning about the front brakes. What do you owe, the, do you owe money? <laughs> I do owe him money. <laughs> I literally do owe him money. Um, we, I, cause, uh, we ordered the front brakes and then he called later in the afternoon. Um, everybody wanted to get payment and I just brought him back. an extra who knows that like it costs whatever it is to, to own an extra. It's just like shaking their head. Like, yep. Fucking paid up. <laughs> yep. Yep. You guys, you guys, you guys know how it feels when Kramer sends the text, Hey, call when you get a minute and you just know, you know, like your, your stomach churns and you're just like, Oh God, oh, it's, it's never good. So how bad is it? That's what, that's yeah. where your mind goes. It's, it's definitely not good, but how bad is it? Yeah. It's and sometimes bad. it wasn't that bad, but sometimes it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> How about um, that, that fucking yeah. guy who wanted one hundred and eighty thousand dollars for an STB on Barnstormers that got posted? I, what, dude? Oh, fuck. We okay. So we're basically the same person. I was that. I was just to. to I, I want people to know. Like we have the ability to. What drug are our, our podcast? Where can I get some? Because I want some of that. Right. Um. I I did want to talk uh, talk about that because um talking about the NG kind of reminded me that. That it's a 91 S2B. It's a beautiful plane. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Years old, but he literally way. raised the price. He raised the price. It was He's lower before. That sounds I don't think he wants to sell it. I think that his wife is some fucking Karen. You know, some nana 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 nana, some girl that's just in, that just hates that he does aerobatics. I'm just gonna make a hypothetical, total hypothetical here. He okay. she hates that her, his wife hates that he does aerobatics. I'm telling you right now. She's okay. hated it for 10 years. Her name is Karen or like Megan or some fucking yeah. annoying name. And she's like, you better sell that thing. Like this, you know, 
baby, you know, baby Kevin needs the money. And, um, you know, he's like, okay, baby, I'll sell it. So he put it up for some stupid amount of money that nobody, because that's not even close to what people are going to pay for that airplane. That's not, that's fucking like 60 grand. That's 80 grand away from what people are going to pay for an STB. Yeah. Right. Am I? Here's the funny thing. Well, so I, I, I agree with you hundred percent. So I'm not torn in, in your assessment because I, I'm a hundred percent on board where it's funny though, is we started talking, um, uh, on the group chat or uh, in aerobatic pilot. So I posted this, this for sale ad and kind of started not a debate, but just a little bit of a discussion on, on this stuff. And, um, you know, Michael made the comment like, you know, a, a new one is 400 grand, right? A but new S2C is 400 grand. It's buying a new S2C. It's irrelevant. Nope. Zero were ordered in 2020. I don't even know if any were delivered in 2019. I, I, I'd have to look. But, um, you know, it's funny because you look at this S2B for 180, and then you look at the market's fl- literally flooded with extras right now. If there's any aerobatic airplane on, uh, on the planet, that is in excess and everybody is selling it's extras. Yeah. Every 300 L built seems to be on the market right now. It runs um, with some extra. Yeah. It runs with some extra. Um, and you can get, you know, I, I think a lot of the, these prices are inflated in general. Um, it's definitely a buyer's market if you're looking at choice. Um, but the, the prices seem to be a little bit inflated. They seem to be, you know, 10 to 20% high across the board. I mean, every extra listed, like one was listed for like a 300 L. They're like so a 90 sporadic. One. So sporadic. They're all over the place. Like, and, you know, airplanes needing a thought, like the Philip, the air, um, I've Phillips, stopped trying uh, to 66 comprehend it. I've stopped trying to comprehend it. Like I used to look at like hours, prop time, a thousand hours. And like, at this point I'm like, that was like LPs. BJ's suck my D like all different models of extras. And I'm like, I don't even know that what, one. what the, Oh, that's like a five hundred. Uh, I'll pay for that one. <laughs> I you fuck. I should have gotten that one for what I paid for mine. Jesus Christ. Right. God. Right. What's that? Like from uh you ever see rush hour two when he's like with the Chelsea Clinton, he's like a hundred thousand dollars. Chelsea Clinton better suck me and fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <laughs> But yeah, there's so many models of extras and it's like, you know, like I almost got, get mad at Eric extra. Like there's, what is there? There's an L. Stop making models. Yeah. There's yeah. an L, LP, LC, LC, LT, NG, like fuck man. LX. Like, just, just make a two seat. Like the, the extra 302. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but That's like, kind of the nice thing now is you have the NG, the 330 SC, and I guess you have the 330 LX and the 330 LP. Oh, is there an LT also? Oh, but my the God, S- too many. But, you know, with the single seaters, they're, they're just purebreds, man. SC or an S. Yeah. Done. 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 Done deal. No, they're, I mean, don't, you know, they're amazing airplanes. And that's, that's kind of where, you know, it's a, it's a funny market for, um, I feel really bad for Aviat because uh, I'll just say it. I know it's bold. They're done. The, the, you know, if, if somebody orders an S2C, great, but let's face it, that. You can just no, say that that pieces are done. It's I, done. Yeah, um, they're completely irrelevant when you're, if you're looking at new, you know what I mean? Like you're like, Hey, I got 400, 450 grand, 500 grand to spend. And you know, granted uh, at that point, you're pro I mean, I'm sure people are paying cash, but you're, you might be, you know, throwing some money down and then financing and have the ability to finance a $400,000 airplane. So at that point, what's money. 500? It's a lot of money, a lot of money, you know, but like, 
And for going from 400 to 450, you know, for an extra, like, you know, what's, that's not that big of a jump, right? That's not half, no. you know? And so like, why would you buy a pits? Why would you buy an S2C in 2020, 2021 now? Holy shit. We're, by the way, we're recording this on the 30th. Um, fucking badass, so, man. We're, dude, we're, we're closing out the new year, man. This is the last episode of 2020. Yeah, but, um, I bad. Like I want to give her, like, I don't know where you and I are both really bad with analytics and, and statistics with what's going on, but I feel like we owe it every Friday to give them something. And I was getting like a little worried. Cause, like, well, like, you know, like Thursday, there's no, sh- there's like tomorrow, there's no shot of really of us recording. Like I got to close up a bunch of shit. And then New Year's Eve, we're like hosting some bullshit shindig. And then Friday, yeah. I'll probably be hung. I'm going to be hung over as shit. So there's no like chance for an afternoon recording. So today's like the only day. Yeah. And I know we, we got some well, diehards out there, you know, whether they want to admit it or not. Like, but like we owe it to them, you know, me, you, yeah. and, me, you no, and Mitch. And Mitch and um, Sarah, who runs the soundboard. And gosh, we have a whole production here. I mean, she's here um, right now. She's got four kids at home. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's breastfeeding one of them right now. Yeah. I mean, right that's now. dedication. Are we paying health care for her or no? It's also pretty hot. Um, Is that your kid? I don't know. <laughs> she looks like you. It might be. I don't know. <laughs> she looks like you. Um, no, I, I agree, dude. I, I'm I'm super happy to record. I'm super no, but, happy. But I, get feed, I got feed, more feedback again today about the podcast, um, and it was that's, good. So That's terrific. Um, anyway. anyway. Um, <laughs> no, anywho. With Aviat, no, I didn't want to forget because I'm a little drunk. With Aviat, yeah, yeah. what I heard with Aviat is the reason why there was so much money, and I don't, I kind of, I kind of believe it, and I kind of don't. Like, I don't think the price jump should be that much. But they were saying, from whomever, I'm not going to mention names, that because of the increase in labor cost in America, yeah. it was produced. That's why the price was so high. And like, you can kind of yeah. buy into it a little bit, but like, how much? Like you had a motor and prop, but you don't have to go with a hard cell claw. Like you can drop 50 grand right there. That fucking prop is like, I wonder it's stupid money. Yeah, no, it's like, it's 70, I think it's 68 grand. Uh, And here's the thing. This is, and and this is kind of why I started kind of biting back against the people that were defending the price of the, uh, the S2C, um, the showroom. How do you defend it? Well, they were saying, you know, you know, bringing up you know, tort litigation and liability insurance and manufacturing costs. And I'm like, that's, that's, that's all I get that. But everybody has to deal with that. You know, you, extra has like to deal me? with the same were, litigation. Were you like me? Remember they posted that article or I don't know however I found out about it, but they posted something about like, we're going to start reproducing the pits S1S. And I was like, fuck. Yeah. Like, oh my God, this is great. And then five seconds later, I read down and it was like for $250,000. And I'm like, yeah. oh my God, why would you ruin a great thing? Like, you get just, out of here. Like, yeah. oh my God, like seriously, you what, 250 they, grand for an S1S. Are you out of your fucking mind? If they can do it for a hundred grand or even 150, I'll say 150. I think if you can get an experimental I, 125, S1, I say 125 is the top. That's, that's dude, my yeah. It'd be what? so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a, you know, a great airplane at that price. But yeah, God. I, you know, I, I kind of, here's, and here's where I go a little bad on Aviat. It's like, okay, fine guys. Okay. Labor costs. Okay. I'll give you that. L- um, legal um, ramifications and liability. I'll give you that. Uh, insurance. I'll give you that. But isn't that bundled? Manufacturing costs. Husky. That's already bundled. I'll give in. you that. Well, so there is that, but what, what I'll, I'll even, I'll even take that out. 
figure out a way to do it cheaper then. Just as you said, Hartzell Claw, 60, that's a, I think that's a $68,000 prop. Dude, Go with MT, it's figure not. it out. STC, another prop that's cheaper, you know, figure this stuff out. You know, the, the wings take four times as long to manufacture than a carbon layup. Figure it out. Stop making wood wings. Yeah. It's not the forties. I, I hate I'm to just, be shitty. Yeah, I love the pit out loud, but how does America, like, I don't know. I'm like I said, I could be, uh, I'm going to shoot myself in the foot. So American champions making super decathlons and what are they? Quarter million, two fifty, something like that. Right. So the extreme decathlon being more. Right. How much more to, I mean, it's obviously different looking and performance wise, but as far as labor intense, I mean, how much more work is it to make a pit SSC compared to an American champion super decathlon? I, I understand that the six cylinder motor is a little bit more money. I get it. But yeah. like, how could you go from 250 to almost half mil? Yeah. And I'm also not buying the fact that like, you know, like these, these wings, like, you know, if you're Aviat, granted, if you're the garage home builder, yeah, wood wings are a a huge pain in the ass to build. And I'm not a builder. So everybody that's an AMP out there that, or that's built pits wings is screaming in their computer or phone right now. But, um, no, it's a lot of work. I can't imagine that Aviat, you know, the way it's jigged. <laughs> yeah. On their way to work, they're just like swerving into a guardrail. Cause they're so mad at me. But, um, and I apologize, but I, I just, I can only imagine that. No, you know, but you're saying somebody builds an airplane. Day, it's not hard. Yeah. And you have a team, yeah. even if it's three people, you, you can, you can build wood wings. You know, you, that's your the, job to show up at work at eight in the morning, clock out of five, and you've done it a million. Like, it should yeah. be fairly natural. Yeah, and they, and you know, we don't have CNC equipment and anything like, or anything like that. I'm sure, like ribs, like they're CNC'd, you know, and and cut or die or whatever, you know, um, hydro cutters. Some they're cut, you know, in a way like they can they can produce that wing, and the fuselage is the exact same production as every other extra except for the NG. You know, so I'm, I'm, st I start not to buy the like, oh, well, it's like, it, it takes a lot more to produce a pits. It's a simpler airplane than I get that carbon can be laid up quicker, but technologically carbon pits is simpler man. to build carbons. They're going to be, you know, you fuck up a little bit with carbon and you can really you kill somebody. Well, the stakes are way higher. Oh yeah. You know, and there's a lot to do with like the saturation level, like, and like how you cure it. I mean, I don't want to get into it because I, I will never get into this, but, um, you know, that whole issue with the, the 31 and, and the person who passed away with the 31 with the wing spark cracking, um, and yeah. the 31s, um, that was a carbon issue. Um, yep. and they rectified it and there was a whole big thing to do with it, but you know, carbon is a, you have it's there's everybody who thinks carbon's easy. It's they're so far off. There's is so much into making sure it's a hundred percent. And I hope I'm not yep. dumbifying it a little bit because I don't. I'm like an elementary level grade on the shit. Um, but yeah, it it scares the shit out of me. I won't do it for anything structural because you need to you need the right shit to do it. And I think that you need to have the right. Yeah, you have you need to have the right tools and also like the I mean obviously the stakes are high and then depending on how you're laying it you know if it's vacuum form or wet layup and and whatnot. Like it's got to be done right. And it has to be done. You know, the epoxies have to be really measured out and, um, you, you know, if it has to be cured and saturation and like whether you're doing cold curing or hot curing, like it's yep. so much and you really Voids are a huge issue. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, and I'm sure, well, I'm not sure, but I would be willing to bet that extra probably x-rays or does some sort of, um, 
scan of their carbon layup stuff, their wings, and and now the the monocoque fuselage of the NG to to look for voids and and structural issues like that. You know, it's it's a process. Yeah. You know, and I I I just you know like Aviac, they, what they could they could have made composite wings. That's that's the thing is like, you know, the first the first S two C S two C I think was built in nineteen ninety eight. And sold in 1998. I remember. So you're talking about Long Island. It was the fire one. And that was like, that was an S2B from what I remember that they made into an S2C. Yeah. The the last, I think two or three um, were like, were basically like B's or started as a B and finished as a C. Yeah. Uh, My buddy had the literal last one. It's in the West Coast, right? The fire one? Oh, yeah. No. So that, that, I think that one burned up. I think that one caught fire. In Oakland, yeah, I think so. How many years ago? I have to look again. Like this year? Oh no, this year or or last year? Yeah. What yeah. happened? Uh, maintenance, like a post maintenance run or something like that, and it caught fire in Oakland. Asshole. What an asshole! I'm pretty sure that's the one. Yeah. Damn. Um, but yeah, so yeah, it was like they were bees, but the, obviously they had the the C wings and tail, and then the three blade. And it was like they it was I think the last two or three serial last the last two or three B's that were in the in assembly were finished as a C. But you're talking like okay, nineteen ninety-eight, that's what it's hard math is hard. Twenty three years. Yeah. Right. Um, without a single, you know, I say without a single innovation. Obviously the airplanes have been tweaked, but like, look, guys, you at ten years ago, you could have figured out a way to manufacture wings cheaper. You know, or you could have figured out a way to do something cheaper to where you can market this airplane a little bit differently and separate the price point from the unlimited aerobatic airplanes. I mean, because yeah. air, all the unlimited aerobatic airplanes kind of sit around the same price. And the S2C, it's it's really gorgeous. I mean, oh, that's a pu- listen. If you want the oh the, the only it's, people it's buying hot. pits, the only people buying a pits are people that have always wanted a pits. It's not yeah. people that want to go compete. In aerobatics, nobody's going to buy a brand new pits to compete. They're going to go buy an extra. But if you've always wanted a pits, you you'll go buy it. And it's, dude, they're they're oh my god, I love. I mean, I love the pits. I'm I'm not in any way shitting on Aviot or the pits. It's just a matter of talking about logistics. Like if you got 400k in your pocket, what do you? you are, why would you? Why on earth would you buy a pits? Yeah. What what reason can you give? In, in terms of competitiveness that you would buy a pits. I tell you, because you're, you're essentially no, buying a brick. Yeah. You're buying, yeah. you're buying an airplane that cannot compete. You know what airplanes really grown on me? Like in a bit in not a bad way. Um, just growing on me. It's a, uh, uh, MXS like bad. Me too. Me too. It Dude, is, are you, you, you already have the bonehead helmet. Oh, that's what, so it, that matches. We're going to talk that, about that in a second because Santa Claus was really good to Jeffy. Ooh, <laughs> I did want to ask you if you got anything aviation related for Christmas. So oh, sweet. I want to talk about that. Let's just, let's just, yeah. let's just finish this MXS stuff and my boner on an MXS right now. <laughs> <We'll get it. laughs> so you have the bonehead helmet, uh, like, like a lot of people do that have MXSs or, uh, either on order or in person. Um, so you're MXS just missing the MXS. <laughs> Oh my god, that's funny. But yeah, it's just dude, it's it's just it's such a sexy airplane. And um I watch I'm, Adam fly. I watched the video. So Adam posted that video of him flying again 
I think he's posted it twice. Um, and it was just kind of like, Oh, you know, happy holidays. First of all, I could watch him fucking fly all fucking day. Oh yeah. I love watching he dude. And you know, there's something about the way people Rob is like this too in the MX. Um, it'd be really interesting to get like Arthur in the MXS because he's such an aggressive pilot in the, um, in the extreme air. Like, I wonder how he would fly an MX because, you know, it seems like you, you, it's the most relaxed style of flying, but if you're smooth and relaxed, holy shit, it doesn't look like you're doing anything in the cockpit and it, it just produces such good results. And Adam's flying is, is killer. I love watching him fly and the way he manipulates that airplane. It, it, it does kind of like, how can you not be jealous as somebody that flies another aerobatic airplane when you watch that? Cause no yeah. other airplane flies like that. Yeah. I mean, the plane is just so comfortable. I mean, when you watch Adam or like Rob fly the airplane, they, they look like they're like, they just got up from a nap and they're like, Oh, I'll go fly some aerobatics. So I'll just lay down in this fucker. Literally. <laughs> yeah. So comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like stick movements, like even just like, like, like vertical pitches. I'm like, it doesn't look like you're pulling to the vertical. Yeah, and yet you're rolling. Very little stick movement. Their roll rate, up. like their rolls, are so funny. I gotta hit up you know, Rob. two to three inches of stick. I gotta fly. That yeah, go fly it. I gotta go fly. I'm, yeah, yeah. I, I should. I mean, it, it's just such a badass look. It's black. I mean, you know how I feel about that color. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, once you, you know what they say. Once you go black. Yeah. Oh my god, that reminds me of like my wife gets so Nikki gets so pissed at me. Like we'll be at her, and I'll honestly I'll do this. They'll be like. You know, the good old coffee question. Oh, you want any cream and sugar? I'm like, no, I'll take it. Like my men, strong and black. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But, um, all right. So that's like one of those dad Santa jokes Claus that just yeah, makes the wife so mad. And I love it. So let's start out with you. Like, well, did you, uh, did you make a Christmas list or what? I, I didn't, you know, uh, this is so cliche and sounds so stupid, but I was pretty satisfied for 2020. I I didn't really need anything. Um, I needed a cut, like a couple things. And I was like, Oh, you know, Hey, like you can always use another helmet though. I could always use another helmet. I didn't get another helmet. Unfortunately I did get, um, I got a new mic muff. Nice. (laughs) You sound sexy. That's right. It's pretty hot. It's pretty hot. (laughs) So, Um, So sexy. Yeah, yeah. I hope your wife. But yeah, I, I didn't get at that moment because that was what happened. <laughs> that would happen to me. Like my wife would walk in and I'd be like, "You're so sexy," and she'd be like, "What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> what are you guys fucking talking about?" <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I can't. I honestly can't think. I, I don't think I got anything flying related. Um, I did go flying. We do have to talk about. Uh, I did. I did fly the day after Christmas, and I got. I got noise complaints. Oh, I love it. All right, I'll, I got I got some good noise complaints, but um, let's yeah. So I, I didn't have a list, um, and I didn't get much aviation related that I can think of. I got some cycling shit and and some other things, but uh, so Santa homo. Claus, you were such a Santa homo. Claus. Did you get the stupid <laughs> like shoes that click into your like fucking little pedals? Of course, dude. Ride or die, dude. Oh my god, you can't freaking, freaking half ass this shit, man. Jesus, I go all the way, baby. I hope that you get a bunch of messages. The podcast is great, but. Mark's a homo. <laughs> hey, you know what? If Michael Goulian can can cycle. <laughs> oh my God, that's funny. I'm there. I'm that's there. True. I can't deny it. I hope that. he wears his helmet. I can't deny that. 
I hope he wears his helmet and his gloves. I hope it's painted just like his airplane. I hope it's like wheeling, you know, technologies. Dude, if uh, let me tell you something. If Mike Gulley called me up on the phone, it would go something like this. It'd be like, ring, ring, ring. I've, and then, yeah. Hello. Hey, Jeff, it's Mike Gulley. Whatever you want, Mike. <laughs> that's, that's how yeah. the conversation would go. Dude, the guy is just, I'm obsessed. Absolutely. He's just the man. No. Uh, Whatever. I, I don't think I... He's like I don't think I told the podcast is about you know, of, uh, aerobatics. Would you say Godfather of aerobatics? He's one of them. No, he's he's absolutely one of them. Well, let's 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 break it down. Like so, North America, like America, the United States of America. I my think- North American God. So my generation, like, and when I say my generation, I mean like when I was paying attention to aerobatics, it was this would be this and this is who I hold, like really really dear to my heart in terms of inspiration in indirect inspiration, right? Like people that you just like either had posters on your wall, you had books. uh, And and when you saw him in an air show, you were just enamored. It was Sean Tucker, Michael Goulian, Wayne Hanley, uh, Rocky Hill. Oh, Rocky Hill. And um, gosh, I just had him on the, Oh, you know, probably Kirby. Yeah, I'd throw Kirby on there. You can't go wrong with throwing a Kirby in there. Everybody needs a little Kirby, right? <laughs> exactly. Especially with that haircut. Oh, dude, but that paint scheme he had, that yellow edge. Oh. That the the uh yes. Oh my god. I love make, that thing. That would make me go from six to midnight like any day of the week. I love that airplane. I love that airplane. Um yeah, I Goulian to me, dude, like so I, I first saw I first started paying attention when he had his S1. Um but then um he got I think really gosh I'm trying to think of like the first was it it must have been hit like the Castrol cap? Was it a cap? Yeah he had a cap 232. I mean he had an um, S and a, a 232. Yeah yeah but I'm trying to think of if if the cap was first and I I want to say it was Castrol um that was his sponsor. No he his had title the, sponsor. Um, he bought his cap. This is like, I'm total creeping right now, but he had a, uh, he had a 300 S it was, you know, and then Angelo, uh, Silverado, he bought that S from him, but it was red, had a gold stripe and then like a Navy blue. And then he bought the 232 oh, and, it was and then he was sponsored by Reebok. Reebok. That's what it was. And then yes. yeah, his first title sponsorship really was Castrol after that. And then he had a sick paint scheme with them. It was white, green and red. It was really cool looking. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he had that, he had an edge uh, with Castrol, right? Um. Well, he was in the air races with the edge and yeah, I think he carried it. He probably, you know, I'm, I'm guessing, I mean, I, he had some type of deal worked out with them to, to brand their, uh, their name at the air races, but I liked that, you know, I liked Mike in the, uh, the green, red, and I mean, I'm a green whore. I love green. Yeah. So that Reebok, that Reebok livery is so sick. And that was like, when he got that cap, the, when it was red and, and blue with that gold stripe, that was the year like him. Um, I don't know if you remember Ian Groom, he had a Souk 31, you know, he unfortunately oh. passed away. Was he, uh, the, was he FedEx, the FedEx is sponsored by FedEx? Yeah. FedEx. And then prior to That's FedEx, right. yeah. it was uh, Fujifilm. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 That's yeah. right. And then before that, he, Ian had a uh, a white. No, no. Sorry, he had a yellow and black uh, Souk twenty six that went to Texas. I think something like I don't know. Anyway, uh, but yeah, Mike, Ian, um, Tucker, uh, Rocky Hill. 
and uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I'm sure if I thought about it, I could think of it, but they had this tape that they put on their propellers and it made like the, like this like really cool, like colorful thing, like around their discs. Like remember yeah. that book? It was called the uh, front row center. Yeah. Yeah. So if you look at the pictures in there, you can see it. It's like, it's pretty wild what it did to the prop. That's cool. I love stuff like that. Oh my God. I, I'd actually like to see, you know, we're almost getting to the point now where like some, like how fun would it be, dude? How fun would it be? Like you buy an NG or you buy a new 330 SC or something. And then like you just, ha- you, you recreate a livery from back in the day. I would. I mean, who would you do? Oh, I, so many to choose from. Right? Dude, Rocky Hill. How sick would an NG look in the Rocky Hill AOL paint scheme? How freaking sick would that look? I mean, Rocky Hill is like the hate us because you ain't us type of scheme. Right. Like, even if you don't like America online, like how many times were you talking to a hot chick and then you lost dial up? <laughs> right? Dude, how how sick would it be? Okay. I'm going to paint a picture here. Okay. You buy an NG. Wait, 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 okay. wait, wait, that S okay. came from Long Island, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. So Rocky, um, I, I could talk to the guy who owned it, but basically Rocky and Gene and Susie got into a taxi accident. And then Rock, you know, one of them needed an S. And this one guy who lived on Long Island, we call him Taco. He's lost weight, but he was kind of chubby, so we called him Taco. Um, he had a <laughs> he had a three hundred S, but his three hundred S it was a really cool three hundred S. It was a pink and like dark, 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 dark navy blue on the bottom. And we called that S uh, Pinky. Or I was really young, so I really I can't say we to be honest. Is that but, the one that went to v- Vicky Benzing? Well, after Rocky, but that yeah. was originally, you know, obviously it was built in Germany and then Louisa Knapp, who she bought it and she had the seat, um, that, that seat was like three or four inches like aft. So, um, the airplane was really set up for freestyle and Louisa Knapp actually flew with, oh gosh, 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 uh, Richard Goody in England, Oh wow! you know, part of that petrol team. Yeah. Yeah, and um, and from what I understand, Louisa Knapp, um, it, she, I think she was lucky. You know, she not lucky. She had she had a bankroll or whatever, but um, she was able to get into aerobatics and get an extra. And she was, but I heard that she was a phenomenal pilot. Like, I heard a story that she didn't fly for like a year, and they needed a warm up pilot or some crap, and somebody had an S there, and the guy who I know was like, "I'll oh, just go fly my airplane." And she's like, ah, no, I don't want to. He's like, go fly my airplane. She went and flew and just fucking ripped it up. Like really like eights and nines after not flying for a year. Unlimited. Whoa. Yeah. Like just total talent. talent. So anyway, so that, you know, they bought it from Louisa, came to Long Island, um, Mancuso from the Northern Lights and this other guy owned it. And then they sold it when Gene, Gene Susie and Rocky Hill had that taxi accident, apparently, which I, I really don't know a lot about that. And then Rocky Hill got that S and then, you know, eventually it made its way into where it is now with uh, Vicky Benzing. But <laughs> total sidebar. Um, great. That's so funny. Yeah. Small world. Yeah. Yeah. That, air, well, that airplane, it's, um, it, that airplane lives in, um, uh, like right near me, Reed Hillview Airport, which yeah, is kind of cool. She was trying to sell it, but she wanted like top dollar. She did sell it. So, it, well, um, oh, she, she doesn't own it anymore. No, it's it's owned by somebody. Uh, it's owned by somebody else now. Um, oh, she's, no. yeah, she hasn't had it for a little while. But yeah, dude, I, I, I think I would I would do an NG if I had money. 
I, and I could buy an NG, I would just replicate the AOL Rocky Hill paint scheme. And then I would do air shows. And then my, my dot, my, my intro song would just be the 56 K modem sound. <laughs> so sick. Oh my God. You can have, have mail. What was your screen name? I'll tell you mine. When, after you tell me yours, I honestly don't remember. Oh, stop it. You're so full of shit. Tell me it. I really don't remember. I don't remember. And I had, I had aim for it until it almost shut down, but I don't remember. Mine was, I really uh, don't remember. Mine was ghetto lax 20. Hell yeah. (laughs) So all all the ladies were swapping over. (laughs) Just, just loving it. Loving that little ghetto lax. (laughs) Ghetto lax, dude. That's so funny. Ghetto living on the North shore of Long Island. Trenches of Hardcore, the ghetto. baby. Hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. The gold coast of Long Island. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking old oh my gosh. kids just don't even know. They don't get it. They don't get no. it. Fucking. Anyway, no, back to Santa Claus. Because we haven't spoken since. Oh, yeah. Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you take your Adderall? I took mine. I, I forgot. Dude, I'm. Usually, I do like to take uppers and downers. So usually, I pop the Adderall right in the wine and I just drink it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, 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 did, so Santa put the smoke on, and did 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 some acro over over your box, Dude, and dropped out some presents. Santa, oh my god, Santa was great. I love Santa this year. Usually, usually I get like the clothes, and I always say, I'm like, don't. You know, people be like, what do you, Jeff, what do you want for Christmas? And I'm like, just don't give me anything. Like, please, I don't want anything. Just a card. It's all I want. It's fine. And I'll get like some like sweater. You know, I have like 15 Tommy Bahama sweatshirts in my closet right now. to still have the tags on them. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hate them. Um, no, but this year, like there, it was like a month and I happened to like, just be like in the zone at work. And like, I made a Christmas list for the first time ever. So I asked for, um, I was talking to you about this. So like a couple months ago, I got a GoPro session, which nice. Was nice, but they don't, it's not new. It's refurbished, which I don't care, but they should, I don't know why they don't make that camera anymore. Cause it seems like a great idea. It's, I think it uh, just wasn't popular, which is really weird because with us, it's all, you know, it's like, that's like the helmet cam. I mean, that's it. Yeah. So I got that. Um, since I live in the Arctic, I got a, um, a tennis, I don't know how to pronounce it, a tennis heater. So like, it's like an engine block heater. So you got this like, like bitch pad that you put on the, uh, yeah. oil something. Like a blanket or like, a, it's like a sticky, like a stick, the, like a, it's like the orange. Is it an orange pad? I think like six to the bottom of the oil pan kind of thing. Yeah. It's like some PMS pad, but, um, yeah. Yeah, because I, you know, with the extra, it's like 12 quarts of oil. So it takes, when it's like 50 or 60 degrees, it takes like fucking 20 minutes to warm up. And I'm like on the ground just like the whole time. So I got that. I just, I just Facebook. I'm like, I'm just going to scroll Facebook while I. Yeah. I'm on a fucking gas budget. (laughs) Yeah, true. (laughs) Um, So I got that. Uh, What else I get? Um, Oh, they're like the best. So um, when I was at a, camp in Tennessee I tried on um I'm trying to think of like the most epic name for Rob Holland um Robbie Holly Robbie Holly 
So I tried on uh, Mr. Holly's helmet and he had all this like Oregon arrow shit on it. And he has, this, yeah. he had the same helmet as me, but just like different, like, you know, padding. So I'm like, Oh my God, that's great. So it's like, Oh yeah. Call up Oregon arrow and tell me what the Rob Holland special or whatever the heck. So I got the Rob Holland, dropper. got the Rob Holland special. Oh dude, he must have so much clout in Oregon arrow. So, <laughs> so I call so I tried to call, but I'm just like half retarded on, on phone. So I email him like, Hey, and I like blind CC'd Rob just like, cause like, you know, they sponsor him. So like, I want them to know that like the literally the only reason I'm getting Oregon arrow shit is because Rob, like it without yeah, Rob, sending you there. Yeah. So like, I want, I don't know if it means anything, but like, at, at least I just want them to know that like, it, you know, because they sponsor him, like I'm buying stuff because of Rob, not because of them. So I'm like, hey, you know, um, I think I was like, Mr. Holland, like, told me I can get some shit or whatever the heck. I can find the email, but but they got back to me in like five minutes, and like they had like four people on my case for like, and it wasn't a lot of money. It was like 150 or 200 dollar order, and like within like 24 hours, like they had like part numbers, this and that, and I'm like, oh my god, like <laughs> Jesus, I didn't want to cause this much trouble for everybody. So That's I got awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, but yeah, shout out to Oregon Arrow. So I got the triangular ear cups, fucking bad ass. Uh, the Zeta liner. Oh yeah, the Mike Muff. The Zeta liner's great. The Mike Muff, and bu- 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 I think that's it. And today I just installed everything. And did it help? Oh my god, I put the helmet on, and um, uh, is it like the first time you heard the Beatles? I was just totally wrecked. <laughs> it was so comfortable. And like, it's awesome, dude. It was so fucking cool. It was just, it's anybody who like wants, who, who, I don't know how to explain it. Just go buy Oregon arrow. Like, that's what I would say. I just go There's buy it. Amazing. If you, if you yeah. hit it, I'll pay for it. It's so fucking comfortable. It's not even, it's night and day. It's night and day. It's so comfortable. So yeah, I got that shit. Um, what else I get? And then I got some workout shit. I asked for, cause with the, the previous, the aforementioned uh, sports that I was in, I really fucked up my back. So I got a, uh, what do you call that thing? An inversion table. So okay. really cool. So you lock your ankles into this thing and then like, just lean back. Oh, that's what you sent me today. Yeah. Oh dude, it's badass. So I've been using it for like three days and my back is just I feel like a 16 year old boy. That's awesome, dude. It's fucking great. And I just hang up a lot, dude. I hang upside down. And then like one of my acro buddies was like, Oh, you got to like, he's like, I got one of those. And this guy's like really intense. He's like, yeah, I got one of those. I read my resty card when I'm on that. I'm like, dude, are you serious? He's like, yeah, yeah. Just so I can get used to being upside down reading resty. I'm like, <laughs> dude, fucking chill. Yeah. Right. Why don't you just relax, let your back take a break. <laughs> just, so, just chill. Yeah, just fucking relax. Just, just chill. Like chill. Um, yes. And then I got from my sister-in-law, I got a uh, stealth trainer, which is basically, it's this, so it's this, this uh, plank thing. You put your phone on it and as you're planking, you like, 
you like go through all these like turn. I'm like, I'm doing it in my seat as I'm like talking, I'm like leaning left and right. <laughs> you like you play this like video game on it and you know, you can't, I mean, my fat ass, I last like 50 seconds, you know, in and outside the bedroom, but <laughs> you go through like all these like courses and stuff at school. That's awesome. So it was a really That's good Christmas. Good. Dude, best Christmas ever. Christmas was good to the Petro. But now I'm having like a little bit of anxiety. I don't know. I think next week we got to do a little podcast on how to mount this this session. I'm, Let's do it, dude. I was looking on my helmet and I just can't find the right spot to, to mount it. I have pictures. Nudes? I'll, uh, I'll send you some pictures of, of where I mounted it on my bonehead. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Hey, we'll check yeah, it out. yeah. Um, honestly, where Rob mounts his, he mounts. So he's got um, a sticky right under, like the like uh, just above the forehead, like Can't where the visor it. would cover. Can't do it. No. How come? Because I oh, because you have the different helmet. I have the different helmet. Yeah, I also so I met. I had a sticky mount there, and then I had a sticky mount on the side. The side might be your best bet. So, you know, uh, breaking news on that. So my, I had my helmet at home and I was all like pumped up to do this Oregon arrow, like ear cup stuff. So on the bonehead, they have that, like where the ear is, they had a screw with like a fitting that would basically you put the screw through and it would suck the, that was the male and it went into the female of the ear cup and would suck yeah. the ear cup into it. Right. So, but there was like that custom piece of black plastic that would like that, that like washer fitting, whatever you want to call it on the outside of it. Yeah. And because yeah my wife is like a hardcore Italian Sicilian. And like, if you leave anything out, it either goes in the trash or some random spot. So I left it out like those two pieces and they're gone. Oh no. So now I have, I was trying to like retrofit my ear cups today. Like, and I'm such like, I'm such, I'm such a dirt bag because like I, um, you know, I, I got like some memory foam to like fill the void and then I put tape over it and then I like <laughs> I'm in my hanger and I'm trying to mount this like GoPro session, but it's like, it's like soft where you push in. So it can't mount it. So I'm like, oh, let me get some cardboards. <laughs> and I got some cardboard and <laughs> cardboard and tape over it and like I'm doing it, but like I'm so fucked up because like as I'm doing, I'm like, Jeff, like I'm like literally talking to myself like, Jeff, what are you doing? Like you're not going to actually follow through with this. You're not going to go flying with this because you know it's not going to work. But yet here I am just fucking putting like black duct tape over this piece of cardboard to try to make some type of rigid structure to mount this GoPro <laughs> Just, just fiddling. I'm just such an asshole, and I don't get it. <laughs> you know, that's so funny. Yeah, man. But I yeah, dude, that's cool. I, I haven't flown though. I haven't flown in like a month, month and a half. Really, it's been that long. Just the weather. Yeah, weather and holidays. Weather, holidays. I can't even say work because that's not an excuse. I don't. You always find time. Yeah, but just weather. I'm just such a. Push. It's hard, dude. I'm a big puss with the cold. I, you know, say say what you want, but that's just me. I just hate. Honestly, it. I hate the cold, man. And you know what? There's nothing, especially like, dude. East Coast cold in the winter is real cold. I mean, you got to really worry about. You know, when I tell people, like, they're like, "Oh, well, like, just throw the heater on in the extra." I'm like, "Well, first of all, it's not installed on my airplane, so that's moot." But even when they are installed in extras, they're they're crap. They don't work. And yeah. so you really do have to dress to be really cold. And you, dude, I've, I mean, I've had my feet go numb flying. I've had both feet go completely numb. That's not fun, dude. 
And I try I to like, cold. and I try to psych myself up and I get that there's a lot of people out there that like flying cold and they're probably saying like, well, if you really love aerobatics and you really oh, want to win, get over you're going to fly. Like, fuck you. First of all, that's no, yeah, get out of here. And like, I'll try to psych myself. I'll be like, oh, the Russians are flying in like sub zero and this and that. Don't be a pussy. Go fly. And I'm, they're in the I, Siberia. Dude, it's just not fun. It's not fun. And like, I've never no. ever forced myself to fly. Like, that's my like, that's my golden rule. I've never forced myself to go flying because I've any I love I, that rule. Any like sport I've done in the past where I forced myself to play, I've like or I've been forced to play, I've hated. I've eventually hated it. And like I yeah, do it's a to, job. Yeah, totally. So like and it's just like yeah, like in my heart, like, yeah, I would love to go flying, but it's fucking cold. I'm freezing. Yeah. You know? So And it's not fun. And you know, ha- half your mind is spent like you're thinking about being cold and then you're thinking about when you get to go, go back and be warm again, which is not conducive to flying, especially the flying you do. That's not yeah. conducive to flying aerobatics. Yeah. So, but I'm actually going down to Florida in uh, like three weeks. There's a, a training camp for the team in Sebring. Which oh, be sweet. Fun. Yeah. You should come. Dude, that'd be so much fun. Can you come for like two days? You can get away or you got the kitties. I don't know. Let me uh, shoot me the dates. I probably can't come. Uh, well, just act like you can't on the podcast. So it seems like you're into aerobatics. I'll be there. Awesome. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Reporting live from Sebring, Mark Pollard. <laughs> Dude, how fun would that be to do a podcast live? Dude, can you hear my like whiskey glass right now? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I never thought I'd be drinking Dude. Johnny Walker. I'd never liked Johnny Walker, but it tastes pretty sweet. I like it. Getting older, dude. I know. Drinking, drinking the high end stuff. It's not even good. It's black though. It's not even like right. Oh, black is like that. I guess like that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like Johnny Walker. Even Black's like when whatever. someone gives you like blue, you. I feel bad. Like I just like I'm like it's overhyped. It's so overhyped. I rather actually yeah. this tastes better than blue. So I did a tasting with uh, what is it? Um, I'm trying to remember all the colors. So I, it was it started with black and then I think it was uh, green, blue, and red. Is it green, blue, and red or green? Uh, it's red, black, blue. No, sorry. Red, green. No. What's before? Red and green get me screwed up. I think I thought green was after black. Oh, really? I can't remember. And it, and if red is before black, I didn't have red. It like started with black and then there was two more after that. And I just can't remember which. You know what's really good? Uh, which uh, colors? Gentleman's, uh, Gentleman's Jack. Yeah. it's uh, Obviously, it's Jack Daniels, but... Um, that was pretty good. I got to get more into like whiskey and bourbon and stuff. Like I, I'm such a wino uh, that I just like, I don't know. I don't drink that stuff, but I, I, I love cause I'm such a freaking, I love buying expensive shit. I, I just want to like go buy some, like, you know, some Pappy Van Winkle or some Blanton's and like these high end, super expensive bourbons and whiskeys. You could just buy some weed and then like drink cheap shit. That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> just, just start, uh, or I should just, you know, just start drinking natty, natty ice. Natty ice. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. My God. I got to come out to California yeah. though. I'm excited. Come out, dude. I think I'm going to come out. I'll be in LA. I think I'm going to come out to LA in May. Okay. So um, how far, like what's the deal to, to link up with that? 
I'm in Northern California. LA is Southern California. So it's opposite ends of the state, but it's fucking bullshit. <laughs> Depending on what's going on. Let, just let me know. Um, let me know. You know, yeah, maybe, maybe I'll roll down there. So what's new with you? Like you've been flying, like what are you doing? So I did fly. Um, I ended up flying the day after Christmas. Um, I haven't flown since. So, I mean, that was only like what, what four days ago or something. But, um, so I flew, I guess that would have been Saturday or Sunday. No, Saturday. Yeah. Christmas was Friday, I think. Um, and it like the weather was kind of shitty. It was just, you know, those, those days where, um, the weather's, you look at it, you look visually at like the airport, you're, you're, you're looking outside and you're like, Oh, it looks pretty good. And you look at, you hear the eight and you're like, okay, you know, it sounds pretty good. And then you get up and you're like, you know, this is, it's not dangerous. It's, it's fine, but it's just, the layer is just shitty enough to where you either got to climb above it to do aerobatics and or turn, stay below it. It could turn bad. Yeah. And it's like, uh, so it was, it was kind of low. It was like 2000 foot, 2000 foot ceiling or, you know, or like broken at 2000 feet. And then it got kind of worse to the East. So it was better like where I took off. And then the, the practice area was kind of not so great. So I ended up finding a hole and climbing above it. And then I was like, Oh, you know, maybe I'll just, I'll climb above it and do some aerobatics above. And I ended up having to go like 6,000 feet. I was freezing my ass off. And I was like, man, this sucks. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, fuck this. I, I'm, I, I'm away from the the family, you know, um, I'm, I'm, I've got my time to fly. I'm going to fly. And so I was, at first I was like, I'm, I'm just going to go f- literally just go fuck around. I'm just going to go fart around, fly around and just barnstorm and just look at stuff. And I'm like, ah, oh, you know, maybe I'll just go bust out some pattern work, you know, just go, go have fun in the pattern a little bit. And so that's what I ended up doing. Nice. And so I did like 10 minutes of acro and just wasn't, eh, just wasn't feeling it with the, with the way the, the cloud layer was. So I ended up doing some pattern work and then, uh, Yesterday, I get a call. Oh my god! Yeah, you like, get the noise complaint. Multiple noise complaints. <laughs> Why? So I, I get a I get a call and I don't pick up. But I, I'm like, this number looks really familiar. And I'm like, oh, if they leave a voicemail, then I'll call back. Sure enough, it's like, hey, this is blah 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 with the, the um, you know, Contra Costa County Airport Administration. Um, uh, if you can give me a call back, that would be great. Blah blah blah. Like, All right, so I call. So- I'm like, hey. Were you uh, were you flying pat you know doing pattern work on the twenty sixth off of one nine right and I was like I was like okay we got we had a, a like several people come into the office on Monday I rate yeah like literally come into the airport office the uh, the you know the management office um, and complain and they were not that loud I mean it's loud but it's not annoyingly it's not like a seaplane loud no. It's not, I mean, it's, it's loud, but it's not, you're right. I mean, it's not uh, coming to the office loud. I don't feel like it is. And, uh, you know, and I'm one of those people like, you know, I'm, I run down, I think we've talked about this before, but like I'm middle of the road on a lot of stuff. And so, or at least I, I say that because I try to see both sides of things. So I'm like, okay, I try to, I'm trying not to be that asshole. You know, I don't want to be that guy, right? I don't, I already have a freaking purple airplane. I don't want to be the the guy with the purple airplane. Who's also an asshole and like pisses off all the neighbors if I can help it. Yeah. But I'm also that guy that's like, Hey, you know what? This airport's been here since the thirties. Uh, you moved here. It's an airport. I won't do this all the time, but I'm going to do pattern work 
if I want to sometimes. I'm going to just like bust out four touch and goes for the hell of it. Yeah. So like and, 20, you know, 20, 20 minutes, not even. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. And it was it wasn't like also um, it was at like 1 p.m. Oh so my God. it's not it's not eight in the morning and it's not nine at night. It, you know, it was 1 p.m. And so she's like, yeah, uh, you know, if you could just, you know, maybe go to a different airport. And I was like, it's like, I'm not I'm not in the mood to fight. I'm not I'm not going to get into the debate. But I was like, yeah, you know, like this is really rare. Like I um, went to go fly. I didn't feel didn't feel like doing aerobatics. So I just came back and just want to do some. I just wanted to bust out a couple of touch and goes. She's like, okay. You know, like, you didn't do anything wrong. And I'm like, then why are you calling okay. me? I'm like, I got a question. Yeah, exactly. I was like, I, I got a question then. And so I was like, ah, man, I, I'm going to, I'm going to have to be this guy. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to, here comes the rabbit hole. And so I was like, you know, I understand people complain. I understand it's our job. We have a voluntary noise abatement. Um, obviously there's nothing mandatory or anything like that. Um, and so she's like, you did nothing wrong. We listened to the ATC audio. Like, you you complied you you flew nor you know there was no like violation i was like well i already knew that but you know why am i getting calls every time they complain you know what do you want me to do about it other than just not so i did have uh one of the airport guys call me like hey can you just like can you do like a reduced power takeoff and i'm like no (laughs) no not doing a reduced power. Like I'll, I'll pull the power back after takeoff. Like I don't, I don't, I don't run through the pattern full smash at 2700 RPM, but I'm not going to do the takeoff roll and, and rotation climb out at like 20 inches and 2500 RPM. You know what I mean? Like I will pull back to that at the, in the pattern. Cause I usually do that. I 2500 RPM in the pattern and like 20 inches. It's around 120 knots. Like that's a you know pretty good pattern speed. But this guy was like, Hey, can you like, can you like start your takeoff roll at a reduced RPM? I'm like, no. And you shouldn't be asking people to do that. <laughs> that's like, you're going to get somebody killed. Yeah. Oh my God. And so I was like, okay, like I hear the complaints. I hear what you're saying, but you know, um, if I'm not doing anything wrong, or illegal. What? Why are you calling me? Am I just going to get calls like this all the time? And I, and I even said, I was like, I don't even mean that to be, I'm not trying to be a dick and I don't mean that to come off like condescending, but you know, at some point these people, you need to, there needs to be kind of a, a, a barrier where somebody tells these people like, look, it's an unless airport. there is a violation, this is an airport that conducts airport operations. You know, dude, we could totally and, go down that rabbit hole, and I don't even want to because it's just like a never-ending, you know, rant of why people are just complete fucking idiots. And it's so annoying. And you it's, know what? It's so annoying. I'll sum it up to you right now. The real problem is is not only these idiots that move next to an airport, and I don't care if anybody thinks I'm wrong in saying this, but you fucking move next to an airport, just like when somebody moves next to a hospital, if you hear sirens, like that's your fucking problem. And you paid less money for your house, whether it's a $3 million house or a quarter million dollar, whatever you move next to this fucking facility. The problem is, is that when they call the airport, the airport says, okay, I'll, I'll take, I'll call him and I'll talk to him. And once they say that they're going to talk to him, then they think that like, Oh, Something's going to happen. Something's going to change. They'll take care of it. And then obviously nothing's going to change because it's illegal, whatever you're doing, and it's fucking pattern work. 
and they should be calling the FIS though or the FAA if there's a real problem. But then they'll just continually call because now it's like, oh, well, Joe C at the terminal at whatever airport said that they were going to call the pilot and take care of it. And now nothing's happening. And they said that they were going to because they can't fucking do anything because it's in the air. It's on the ground. But it's like once they give them that little bit of like hope, then these neighbors, they just ride on it. And it's only one. There's there's always the it's the usual suspects, right? Yeah, it's, it's the same. You know, the same Dude, it's very so small group. It's like a source all the time. It's such a sore subject with me. I don't know if you could tell from my cousin. I can. And it and it is with me too, because like, you know, as a as a I hate I'm I i do not mean this like people aren't professional, oh, but using air out. quotes again. Air out, man. As a professional pilot, you know, quote unquote air quotes, like I've flown into airports that have mandatory noise abatement procedures, like Santa Monica, um, Santa Ana. And, you know, some of these airports where like the city council has passed legislation to limit noise, you know, noise pollution. Right. And so in those instances, hey, you know what? The city passed it again here. I'm middle of the road. Okay, this is an airport. But you know what? The city passed it. This is what the people want. I'll play ball. I'll I'll comply. But that's a rule. Um, And you follow the rule. That's a rule. And you follow the rule. That's it. There's no rule here saying not to do anything like. Nobody's doing like I would never if somebody was being an asshole, I'd be the first one to be like, hey, dude, like chill. You're yeah, like, just don't do that because you're going to ruin it for everybody else. But if somebody's within whatever, you know, um, which what's the uh, code, whatever. Um, eh, far. If whatever. Yeah. If you're if you're within, you know, far 91, you know, if you're within or whatever you're operating, if you're just if you're within the regs yeah, then you're within the regs there's no like, what are you gonna do yeah and and you know, you know me dude like i've gotten into it with people on facebook about being that guy that's flying at 2700 rpm 1500 feet above somebody's house like you don't you don't don't do need that. to do that don't, don't do dick. that you don't, don't be a fucking yeah, you don't need to do that yeah don't don't drown out somebody and then be surprised when they call the fizdo about you like don't be that guy you don't need that um and I already, I already hate the visibility I get from this airplane. I mean, I love the way it looks. Don't get me wrong, but like, th- that's an easy airplane. To, you can pick that out of a lineup anywhere. So you oh, can't. It's actually kind of nice. Uh, I'm, I'm a pretty straight, straight narrow guy, but like, y- you can't do anything illegal in this airplane. It's not a white airplane without a visible, you know, with a small, nondescript end number. It's an easy end number, triple one extra whiskey, and it's freaking maroon. You know, and it's an extra. Like nobody so, is not knowing what that airplane is. I was so pissed because my massage, Mr. Carbone. So he rebuilt that mid wing at my airport. So I was like, oh fucking thank God. Because this way there'll be no, there's gonna be another aerobatic plane that's gonna create noise. And then, you know, like <laughs> fuck massage, I'll just like blame it on him, like, oh yeah, it was the white extra. <laughs> <laughs> and then that motherfucker moved to Orange County, and now I'm back to being like the solo aerobatic guy at at Brookhaven. <laughs> he ditched you, dude. Dude, he was doing like he was like getting to learn the airplane, so he was doing like pattern work, and I I was the happiest person in the world because I'm like, here you are creating all this noise. You're in a fucking like jet, you know, Jedi white extra. You can't mistake it for anything. You know, no. people are just gonna be like, "That's the one, that's the one," and that's it. I, w- I was golden for a year, and I'm like, "Oh, he'll be here for like a year at least, right?" And the fucking asshole moves <laughs> to Orange County, and now I'm back to like square one. I'm so pissed. <laughs> uh, 
Oh my god! I was ready to pin everything on him. I was just gonna start doing oh, like yeah. surface level aerobatics over houses. I don't even care. <laughs> just, yeah. Some was doing loop de loops over mouse. Oh, it's probably that white extra dude. Here's the end number. Like, yeah. Just go ahead and what's call his, it in. What's his end number? Is it oh, like one zero one? Whatever it was, I was gonna one zero one echo X ray. Is that what it is? One hundred one. Yeah. Let's just say it was that. But like, I would be like. I'd fly my like stupid routine and get like, you know, just full bore and come back at the Brookhaven and be like, Brookhaven traffic, one zero one echo extra. <laughs> you know, left down when landing one zero one extra extra extra. Oh, that's so funny. Um, I might start using just a, a wonky end number yeah. like that. I'm from that's New Jersey. I'm from New Jersey and I love Carbone one zero one. <laughs> uh, that was my golden ticket. Not anymore. Yeah, not not anymore. Um, oh, you can still you can still try. You can still kind of blame it on him. Nah. Just at least try. Give it the old college try. I don't know. He's got some exciting. Yeah, not- he's got some really exciting stuff going on. Massagey. I'm excited, dude. Like I like the way he thinks. I, we we you know we're we're all friends and we raz, but like I I I like him a lot, and I I'm excited to see the goodies that he has for his airplane. We gotta have once he puts it on, we gotta have him come back. Yeah, but we gotta like he he just can't use those fancy words. It's no. I was like dumb it down, bro. I was so tired from it. My brain was was smoking. I was just yeah. trying to keep up, and I just he's, a, he's an exhausting human being, right? That's basically what it boils down to. Is everybody gets really tired? So successful, just using fancy yeah. words, and people are like okay, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I get so tired. They're just like do whatever you want. Fine. Dude, did you see on like Aerobatic Pilots Facebook that Svetlana started like replying to shit? Yeah. That is like. Yeah, she's been in the group for a while, dude. She's cool, man. Oh my God. We got to get her on. I know she can't speak a lick of English, but whatever. Can she not? Can she really not? I don't think so, no. I mean, I talked to her hubby and I asked if she would come on and she, he said yes. No, he's a cool dude. Um, I don't want to mention names. I want to get him on, too. No, he's fucking, he's really cool. I drove home with him in yeah. Romania one time. <laughs> it's fucking wild. Oh, really? Yeah, it was fucking cool. He's such a cool That's dude. That's cool. But, um. Tell the stick, too. Yeah, he's fucking, I don't want to get political, but he's fucking, he's the shit. He's somebody to watch out for, totally. From what I've heard. I mean, yeah. I've never seen him fly, but from what I've heard, he should have been, he was a warm-up pilot at one of the, uh, the walks not to be mentioned and he should have been flying in it and he should have, and he would have placed like top 10. That's hypothetical bullshit, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, he's really good from what I hear. from what I hear anyway, but yeah, she would be cool. And I'd just be like, I, I'd go to like Google translate Russian and all it would say was like, all right, just talk in Russian and whatever you say, I'm sure people will love it. Just start rambling in Russian or something. <laughs> She'd be one that uh, is, she's one of my, um, like Mount Rushmore, um, you know, like, like when we talked earlier about like, who's, you know, the, uh, gra- or w- how'd you put it? Um, no, like, you know, your top, no, like the, no, like the top, like, you know, our list of like, just our top, you know, who we looked up to. Kind I, of uh, I legend. Think at this point, if we had, if you and I had a lottery ticket to ask anybody on the show, you know, barred a language barrier, she might be number one. Dude, right? I, I, I mean, idolized her. 
Did I ever tell you the story of her? Did I ever tell you the story about her at Walk at 2000 and 2000 at Muray, France? I don't know. About her, like taking the airplane off the C 130 and shit? Or no, I don't think so. Whatever, Antonov. So this is a second hand, so it might not be true, but I think it's like 99% accurate. These are my favorite stories. These are my favorite kind of stories. Anyway, so my buddy's there. Name not mentioned, but he's on the team and they're training in France, blah, blah, blah. And the Russians like had some issues getting there. Hold on one second. <laughs> A lot of fucking whiskey going on here. And uh, <laughs> so the Russians or something got there late and they didn't have time to practice and whatever they brought there to like the Antonov, blah, blah, blah. And they were unloading the airplane and they didn't get a chance to fly. So they made a deal with like the CD or some crap that like they had, you know, they had to test fly the airplane, obviously. So they allowed it at the walk and they allowed like her to, you know, they allowed to do like one or two aerobatic figures. So like they get the, it was like a, whatever it was, Suk 26 or 31. They pushed the airplane off the Antonov, put the wing on or whatever, put the airplane together, started up and Svetlana gets on the airplane. And my buddy was like, and we're like, you know, he's like telling me, he's like, yeah, we're standing there and we're watching. And, you know, she takes off, climbs up, dives into the box, pulls up and does like an outside, like, you know, like three quarter flick, like, like right, like just on rails, like, does like another figure, like on rails, lands and everybody was just like, what the fuck? Just cold turkey, cold turkey, no joke. And he's like, holy fucking shit. <laughs> oh man oh my god there's some there's some She's a real badass wild stories from walk that i've heard they were like my buddy oh. my buddy was training like at this competition and uh they were training over you know legit training over the um whatever airfield and they were talking to like the local townspeople and they're like oh yeah you know like we got to walk here and blah 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 and they're like, yeah, the French team's been flying here for the past three months. <laughs> and like, they were supposed to like not be flying at like the, the walk site at all. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so there's like all this like drama. Hey, who knows if it's true or not, but it's just fun to hear like the inside track on all that shit. It's so, um, political is like the wrong word. It is political, but like, it's so, um, like there's so much drama, so much drama, but let's face it. The fucking French, they got it nailed down. they, they're just like a machine of a team. Yeah. They're just fucking, yeah. I mean, they're not unbeatable by any means, but you know, they're just, they're, um, what's the right word here? They are consistent. They're so consistent. Like I saw like really great flying from other countrymen, but like the French just, they're so consistent and they're really good though. They're really, really good, but they don't fuck up. It seems to me that the French, I mean, there's other well-organized teams, but it seems to me like if you're going to, if you're going to look at like who has the most organized team, it would be the French. So structured, so structured. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, dude. So, I mean, who do you think, who's going to be the person to be? I mean, Louis Vanel. He'll be in there for another like decade at least. Yeah. Who beats that guy? And like, I saw his flying and he, don't get me wrong. The guy fucking flies lights out. He's fucking really good. 
Um, you know, I think that I think Robbie Holly's got a got a shot. I think I, I, I think that's an understatement. I think he's got a really good shot. And don't you know? Yeah. A lot of people forget. There's two things that that are huge with with Mr. Holly. <laughs> um, the fucking guy. He won the Eric Mueller Trophy, which is amazing. Oh my god, I think it's an accomplishment. And he won that with an airplane that he had like two hours in. He just got that MXS. He didn't even like test yeah. it. It was a brand new airplane to him. And that's, that's crazy. I didn't know that part. Fucking nuts, man. So I think he's a, um, I don't want to say he's an underdog because he's not, but I think that when he shows up, I think the French and like people like Caster Fendoba, you know, Mamastov, I think that they got it. Oh yeah. I think they got their eyes on him. Um, yeah. I mean, Mamastov, the guy's like, what is he a hundred at this point? <laughs> I just he, he he's he might be 70 keeps on ticket man he's just like a little yeah. bull he's just a little bull just fucking nails it every time <laughs> yeah oh, that's man. so do you feel like like oh man i remember romania like he was training the advanced team over there and there was this guy flying he's a really good pilot and he fucked up something he zero something or zero two figure whatever that he fucked up he landed and fucking mammoth though went over to the plane and I don't know, you couldn't hear, I couldn't hear him. I was like a hundred yards away, but all I saw was like his mouth. And you know, like when somebody's screaming and pointing and you know, they're irate. Yeah. That was him. And like, that's why the Russians do so good. Cause they're so fucking scared of getting <laughs> like <laughs> forever manded or whatever the heck. But he, Dude, if you don't do well on the nuts. Russian team, you don't get going nuts. He was going nuts. You, yeah. like, you're not you? Getting- <laughs> if you fuck up, you're not getting fed tonight. Oh my god! I almost feel like scared. If I wasn't drunk, I probably wouldn't say it. I almost feel scared, like saying it out loud. <laughs> if I'm <laughs> gonna say, show up on my front stoop and like fucking kill me at this point. <laughs> Nobody listening to this podcast. You're safe. I don't know, man. <laughs> like I'm looking at my doors tonight. <laughs> so let me ask you this: Ask away. Hey, T- talking about these these top these top contenders. Do you? Is, does the strategy like it is? Vanell's strategy different than Robbie Holly's strategy in terms of trying to beat each other? Or is it just simply a matter of, I mean, obviously they're just trying to fly their best, but is there a pressure or a, um, a stigma attached to a certain pilot where like, depending on where you are in the, in your flying, like where you're stacked in the roster of when you fly, like, does that all, does any of that play in, so, at, at world yeah i mean that's like a really intricate question um so flight order that's that's really simple flight orders is really really imperative if you if you draw one or two three four you're you're kind of fucked in my opinion yeah. you just fucked um you're basically you're the first ones to judge a seat they gotta draw a baseline and it's kind of screwy um along with that if you, and I've said this on your, on the podcast, if you fly, if somebody flies really shitty and then you fly after that and you fly lights out, you're going to score really well. There's no doubt. Yeah. If you, if somebody flies really well and you don't fly so great after that, you're going to score really shitty, um, um, as a person. Um, so it depends like who you fly after. Um, that has a lot to do with it, you know, so you don't want to draw in the beginning. You want to draw like mid pack, 
you also want to draw after somebody that sucks. So if 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 I went to Worlds and Louis Vanel draw 15 and I draw 16, I'd basically be like, I'm going home. I'll see you later. Really? Done. Yeah, because like because there's just there's such a stark or I mean a potential stark contrast in the way it's judged because they're seeing it's such a, a barometer or they have such a barometer based on his flying to judge your flying. Yeah. I mean, it's just natural and I don't think it's politics at all. I really don't. It's just, no. it is what it is. I mean, how yeah. do you, how do how do you see like a Louis Vanel, Holland, Fantoba, Mamastov, um, who am I forgetting? Uh, Francois Barros scored. I think he flies really well. He's an, under, he's a really big underdog. Um, there's a couple others I'm not even going to mention, but, and then all of a sudden Jeff Petroselli flies after them. Um, you're going to be like, all right, sixes, five, set, eights. Like this is, it is what it is. Like you just, you're flying after somebody who's a world-class competitor, who's got a lot of experience and they just have more training than you. And it is what it is. You're going to score as it is. Um, yeah. so flight order to me is like, oh, it's everything, man. It's imperative. Oh, dude, yeah. it's everything. Um, what were we getting at? What so barring that, like, um, because you can't control that. Um, talking for Robbie Holly, or as we also can call him, Rob Hob, <laughs> um, or Rob Hall. Um, you know, like like in his, diving into his mindset. I mean, because you, I mean, you're going to be facing this too, obviously. But like, what what does some, somebody like him like? So going for the unlimited championship what where is his mindset at in terms of um you know does he have a who he has to beat list in his mind or is it just a matter of making sure that he doesn't fuck up yeah so that's like you're getting into psychological aspects of it yeah that's exactly yeah exactly that's kind of what i was okay that's a that's a great way to put it like what is where is his mindset what is the psychology behind the approach to the way you fly it at, at, you know, at whack. So I can't answer for Rob because if, if I had to guess for Rob, just from knowing him a little bit, um, I think he's very similar to me. Um, so like when I go to a comp like nationals, I don't watch anybody fly in my category. There's, I don't watch anybody fly to me. The competition is against myself. Um, every flight, yeah. every flight, whether you win the category or not, you start from zero. It doesn't matter how good you do. You start from zero, you know? So if you do really shitty, you just reset and go from zero. Um, going into a competition, you know, before I get there and when I'm there before the first flight, um, my goal is, is really not to fly better than I've ever flown before. Cause I don't want to change anything. I just want to fly consistent. I don't want to zero. And I want to give the judges something really good to look at. So my yeah. feeling, and if you look at past results and past championships and nationals and especially regionals, if you can get, if you can fly to known, um, if you can fly to the freestyle, you know, for IAC rules, known freestyle unknown, and you cannot make zeros, you're going to, you're going to be a contender. And if you can fly them really well, you're probably going to win. So, it's really the person who makes the least mistakes. That's the secret. Everybody, that's the problem that I see a lot is people get to a competition and they go, I want to fly the fucking shit out of this. And that's the, yeah. that's the worst attitude you could take to a contest because you're changing the whole aspect of your flying. You want to just fly 
fight a normal sequence. Like you don't, you don't want to try to give them something that you've never shown them before. You don't want to try to do anything you've never done before because you're really, almost fly safe. Yeah, it's it's yeah, yeah it's fly. Well, it fly, should be fly safe would be like, like changing again. You just want to fly normal. Just go fly with normal you're flying. Just plan, yeah, because yeah, the known, the known at that point should be almost boring. Yeah, it should be so routine that you're on you're on autopilot. I, I would be my guess, and then obviously the unknown and free would be like. Don't get me wrong. Boring. There's like temptations. Like I remember, um, ba 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 What flight was it? It was, I think it was the first unknown. You know, I'd won the, I won the known, I won the freestyle, and then we're going to the unknown. And all I had to do to win the nationals at that point was just not zero. Like I was, I was doing decent, and all I had to do was just make it through and not zero. And I remember they changed like the box position, and there was all this like bullshit going on. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should just add a little bit of power just to make sure like I got like enough, oomph, you know, to get through the sequence, which is complete like psychological bullshit that I don't know what I was saying. And like yeah. I told myself, I'm like, just no, just just fly normal, man. Just like don't even pay attention. Leave it the same. Leave everything the same. Just fly like fly the airplane like you but there's so much temptation and competition where you're like you start over like just like with your landings, you know, when you were saying you're fucking up your landings and shit. Like you like you start overanalyzing shit and you're like, oh, I, I can just like for me, I was flying the SC low power because I just felt like I didn't need all the power for the advance. It's just to me, it's stupid. Uh, the FC yeah. is just so overpowered. Um, and I'm like, you know what? I can just, you know, I was flying at 2,500. I'm like, why don't I just bump it to 26? What's the difference? And it's like, no, don't do that. Just be consistent. Just fly how you always yeah. flown. And like, don't fuck it up. Because it changes everything. It changes the feel. Like, all of a sudden, you're going to over... You might over-rotate a snap because, you know, the gyroscopics on the propeller is a little different or whatever. And you're sensitive to that, you know? So there's a lot of temptation in, into one of changing things, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. That's, um, <laughs> I love you. Yeah. yeah uh, I, that's, uh, <laughs> sorry. I, uh, uh, I'm thinking, no, cause, um, it makes, that makes total sense. Cause I mean, obviously you don't want to, I mean, changing something as simple as, I mean, it's a hundred RPM, but that's going to, it changes everything just a little bit. It doesn't change everything a lot. It changes everything a little bit, especially your mind. So then your whole psyche. Yeah. Fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. No, it makes total sense. No, but I don't watch, like when I go to a competition, I don't watch anybody fly in front of me because that would just psych me That's out. Hard. And yeah. um, I try to just, I don't know. I just, it's everything, you know, I'm, I'm relatively new to the sport compared to a lot of people. Um and I'm just, everybody's just trying to figure it out. Like the, that's why the, the French, like the FFA, they really have a great system where they, it's almost like a farm. They, they do like the whole MLB, like they have the farm team, then they have the, ML, you know, it's like they have a whole stepping stone process and they have a, a great, um, what's the it's right? like a professional league. Totally. Sorts. Totally. And if they don't do well, I mean, I could be, I hope that. Maybe we got some French listeners or some people out there that know the French rules, but if the if the French team does not do well at Worlds, you know, because a lot of the French clubs and obviously their military, they're funded by the government, and I yeah. think that's based on performance. So you know, there's some pressure on them to do well, and whether it's a negative or a positive, you know, it's there. It's it exists. There's no doubt. Yeah, and that's where like we the U.S. we differ, you know, tremendously, and I. I think that there needs to be 
that added pressure to the U.S., whether it's like, you know, you need to go to this many camps or you need to, you know, score at this percentage at this many regions, whatever the case may be, like you need to perform to exist at Worlds. It's instead of like, oh, I made the team at Nationals and then next year I can just dick off for the next nine months and then I'm still going to Worlds and I'll just embarrass myself. Yeah, yeah, it definitely, um, it opens up the avenue for somebody to not take it seriously. But who would you choose? This is really great. You you brought up a great, you know, really great topic. Who would you choose? Like, who's your next Worlds, whether they're... 22 whatever the fucking covid year that we end up doing shit again yeah who's your uh who's your top three? Ooh. well that's why i brought up louis vanel i mean i i i see him you gotta bring it you gotta just put him down i mean he's raining yeah i there you can't you can't mention worlds without talking about him i i i i watched um the last worlds I watched his final. I watched his final a lot. He's real to me. And again, I'm a lay, I'm a, you know, a layman's, I have a layman's eye, you know, I'm not a judge. Um, but I, I really love his flying style. I, I am highly impressed with his flying. Um, you know, losing, um, Renaud this year. Uh, I guess he wasn't a real contender. Was he? Who's that? Um, um, gosh, why am I blanking on his last name? Um, you got a first name. Let me, uh, hold on. I'm looking it up because I, I don't know why I'm blanking on. It will switch off to me. I got my top three ready. I'm prepared. You ready for this shit? I'm ready. All right. I got faith in the U S cause I'm a make America great guy. I'm going to go Robbie okay. Holly. Robbie Holly yeah. one. Yeah. I'm going to go Louis Vanilla two. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to go Caster Fantabulous three. Okay. Those are some great nicknames, by the way. And I just came up with that. Louis Vanilla. I like him a lot. And Caster I like Fantab- it. Fantabulous. That is fucking I like epic, it. right? I love it. God. Um, Renata Colley. I, I couldn't remember. I was blanking on his last name. He's been dead for like six years, right? Has it been that long? Yeah. What a shame. Has it been that long? I guess it hasn't been that long. Um, I was just like the Jesus of aerobatics, apparently. I never got to really see him fly. His videos are insane. I was obsessed with his videos for a long time. Um, That's why I can't wait to get... We got to remember, when we get our next quote-unquote guest, our special guest on, I don't want to give it away. It's so special. But this guy who we're getting on had intimate knowledge and friendship with Renan. And yeah. I cannot wait to exasperate. I don't know what that word means, but I, I think it's good. <laughs> um, you probably got it right. Yeah. Like just pull out all that information on Renan. That'd be cool. Yeah. Cause he, he looked highly impressive. I mean, yeah, I, you know, honestly, I, I, I don't even know if I could pick three. Yeah, you can. Um, Rob would be, I mean, it feels like such a cheesy pick for so many reasons. Um, but you can't, can't obviously you can't knock, you can't count the guy out. And I wouldn't, and I don't. Don't forget, um, you got Roman Fall. 
So he's flying. I think he's, mm. he's, he's going to fly under the Russian flag. Is he? Oh yeah. So that, um, okay. And he's, he's, he's like a, uh, what do you call that? Uh, I want to say, obviously he's an underdog, but what do you call it? Like a silent, silent something. Like the silent killer kind of thing. Oh dude. He, he's an assassin. I don't know. I don't know how he stands politically. Cause I hate saying that out loud, but you know, I heard there was some scuttlebug about him, but <laughs> you know, he's, he's no bullshit, but he, he, he's got the fucking shit to back it up. Who, how about this? Who on the U S team? Obviously there has to, there's selections coming up, but do you feel like anybody else on the U S team? How about, how about top five contendership? Overall, like world, yeah. All right, so I go Robbie Holly, Louis Vanilla, mm-hmm. Louis Vanilla, Casta Fantabulous. I would pick or somebody from the French military team, either Orlowski or there's another guy. I forget the fucking guy's name, but somebody from like that, you know, the blue, white, and red team. You know, yeah. with the French military. Somebody like that's gonna fucking just fly hands down. And then you got the fucking like the geriatric mammoth stuff fucking flying the SC, just whooping ass. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> what did he place? Uh, I'm, I can't remember what he placed Second. in 2019. Second. I think. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and won, did, did Louis play second? He's won three worlds, not including European worlds. He's won three yeah. worlds. And I think, didn't he, didn't Louis Vanel play second in 2017 when uh, Mamasov won? It, he he plays real close. I don't know. I know. I think. Um, I think Orlowski. I don't know. I um. You might be right. Alexandre. I don't know. Yeah. I can't remember. I. You know. Boy, I I can't count him out. It just sucks. Like I wish the U.S. would fucking fucking send in some assassins or something. Come on, man. We got to pick this shit up. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it before. I'd love to see. I'd love to see the team like be funded, legitimately funded and supported. It's not even that. Like we have the pilots here. Like the talent. We have the talent. We have the fucking talent. There's no question. No, but imagine if you could dedicate because like the French team is li- like literally pay. I mean, for from what we kind of understand or can surmise, they're paid. Yeah. To do what they're doing. Oh, no, fun. like it's their job. Um it'd be nice to kind of see, you know, not, not that you guys are doing it for the money, but it's like, imagine if you were paid to be doing it. Yeah. How that would change the dynamic of that. You don't want it to be a job, but at the same time, it kind of is a job. I mean, dude, if you're coming out of pocket 30 K to ship your airplane to Romania, it is, you gotta love it. And so if you could not only have that not be part, if you could have no money go out, but also, have money on the line. You gotta be funded. You gotta be funded. You either gotta be funded or you gotta be successful in business. That's that's the same yeah. chance. Yeah, because if, if the team could if the you know the team could fly every member out um and and everything was taken care of all the time. I mean it's just such a rich person's sport in that regard. Granted, everybody that's already on the team has kind of knows the financial ramifications or implications of of being on the team. Mm-hmm. But if if it was all taken care of and you and you could legit, uh, you could fly as much as you possibly could. The, the training camps, you know, everything was a little more intense because everything was paid for. 
Um, I think, you know, everybody probably toes a line of like, well, how much can we afford m- both time and money Dude, to, it, to kind of stressful. do I mean, this, right? Look at, yeah. my, look at my position, right? So I got two kids and a family, so that's major priority. So I got to set aside whatever I make a year and the majority goes to my family, right? Then I got to yeah. set aside some money to train. So I got to be somewhat competent. Then I got to set aside money to go to a training camp, you know, halfway across the country or down in Florida or something like that. And then I got to set aside some money to go halfway across the fucking world to go fly a competition and then still have some money to save money to retire. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fucking crazy when you think about it. So oh, it is. And it's a lot of money. I mean, dude, it's a lot of money. It's fucking crazy, man. Like if I think about it, I'm like, why the, f- like, why am I not? Why am I doing this? Cause honestly, like I really love the shit. I, I fucking love it. But like yeah. when you look at it from like a real outsides perspective, it's, re- it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Man. And like, I also would, feel like the U S is at a disadvantage in general. Totally. You Remember, know, I was sending you those links of sports that are on ESPN. I just fucking retarded. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, why can't aerobatics be like half his like, like sponsored or like on like cable as this, like what, what was the one I think I spent, what I sent you like the, uh, slap balance. Oh my God. We're like, I don't know, like can, can jam or some bullshit, like <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Cornholing. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Like here we are spending like, you know, six figures throughout the year, like doing shit. And like, we can't even get on, on like the Ocho. <laughs> ESPN 8. Know, right. <laughs> Can we get on ESPN Ocho or what? Yeah, I'm, no, I, I agree. And, and I also feel like the U S is like, you know, geographically at a disadvantage. Whereas like most of the time, how often is it held here? Is it every four year or every uh, fourth? No, nah, it's like every 10 years or something like that. 10 years. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, mo- most of the time it's in Europe, you know, somewhere in, in, in Europe. Yeah. And that's why it's so much easier logistically to get to. Dude, it's fucking wild. For them. And now like, yeah. there's this like latest bullshit. I didn't even tell you. So now at the advanced worlds in Czech, apparently like something came across the board I don't know a lot about it, but there's no U.S. judge that's going to be allowed to judge at the U.S. Worlds for advanced. Why? <laughs> it's exactly. And like, here we are, like, we're going to bring eight pilots, a whole team. We're going to ship some fucking airplanes to make up. Let's see, it's usually like 60 pilots. So eight This is roughly like nearly like 15 percent of the competition. And like, we're bearing all these costs and you're going to be like, oh, yeah, you can't have a judge here. Like, thanks for, thanks for like that's, paying and doing all this shit. But like, uh, we're just like, it's like almost like, yeah, we're just kind of like letting you guys kind of come and play. That's super bizarre. Like what, what would be the rationale to do that? I don't know. They're, that's like a new thing that's like fucking popping up. So they're dealing with it. And like, oh, I feel like we gosh. should call out, like we got to call out the Canadians because there's a lot of talent up in Canada. And like, where is their fucking team? I wonder why they don't have a team. Like, why can't. You know, like if Luke Penner, I'm going to call, I'll call that motherfucker out. I don't care if Luke Penner, <laughs> like, why can't Luke Penner just be like, yeah, because he's him and like Andy, uh, fuck, he's such a nice guy. What is his last name? Andy something. He flies the shit out of that pits. You know what I'm talking about? Um, Whatever. Erwin, Erwin. I think it's Erwin. Yeah. Like Luke and, and Andy. Dude, oh, yeah, yeah. Those two assholes showed up to a competition at the world's. I'd be like, oh, well, 
they'll probably get, you know, it'd be tough for them to get a team gold because there's only two of them, obviously. But they'd individ- they medal individually. Like, Luke is a fucking rock-solid pilot. Andy is a rock-solid yeah. pilot. Like, why just name themselves on the team? Like, bring some Canada into this shit. It'd be cool. Right? I'm there's just gonna- no... Mo- uh- it, you know, there's like just no motivation for it. There's no such like, nice guys. Point? I think, yeah, Luke and Andy, they're great. I can't, uh, great guys, but they, f- they fly really well. They fly really, really well. Luke on one of these days. Yeah. I mean, the guy owns an extra, so you figure you can get a microphone to come on our podcast. You think so. You think total dick. He probably hates America. Him and his like, oh. Without a doubt, the, like the weird blockheads. Yeah, he's probably playing hockey right now, like enjoying all that free healthcare. <laughs> curling. He's he's curling right now, driving his car with square wheels. Pass me the puck. <laughs> <laughs> and fucking Gretzky. We should call him Luke Gretzky. <laughs> Luke Gretzky. Let's call him ninety nine. This is a new name. Ninety nine. Ninety nine. What's up, baby? <laughs> Fucking yeah, Andy. Fuck Andy. Erwin came down to nationals and uh, gosh, twenty eighteen or whatever the heck, and he just laid down the law. Just fucking whooped ass, man. Just just pulled it out and slapped it on the table. Yeah, S one S. And I love that Nash. It was I think it was twenty. No, Osmeyer won twenty eighteen. It might have been seven. I don't know. Whatever. He did good in both nationals, Andy. But that was like to me that was great because you had two guys and John Johnny O. Um, I get the privilege of calling him Johnny O, but um, Johnny O, dude, that guy can fucking fly the shit out of the pits. And when he won, that because t- that was when in 2018 there was like all this scuttlebug or like all this bullshit going across, like oh, like it's not fair, pits just can't do advance and like and this and that, and you know, like sidebar, like yeah, I get it a little bit, but like when he won nationals, it was like all right. Like it can be done. It was kind of like Barack Obama, like, you know, with being a black president, like, okay, like, you know, everybody's like claiming like African-Americans can't do this and this and that. And I don't know the whole intricacies of it. I'm not going to get political, but you know, we had a president and he was black. He was an African-American and he's black. So like, if you can achieve the highest power in this country, you know, like there's no excuse at that point. Right? Anything is possible. I mean, is that is that too political to get into African? Maybe a little bit. Yeah. Maybe I'm crossing the line a little bit. But as far but back to pits is <laughs> when Johnny <laughs> when Johnny won nationals in the pits. That should that should stop everything because he he won. Yeah. And his pits S one T. I mean, he had he's got wolf wings and I think he's got a whirlwind prop. But he's got regular gear. He doesn't have a you know a spring gear and the motor is pretty stock. So it's not like a super hopped up single seat pits. And he fucking whooped ass. And I was flying in the sea. Wacker was flying in the sea. Um, Dunphy was flying in the sea. Uh, who else was there? Oh, fuck. Lentz was flying a Panzel. Lentz is, you know, fucking like incredible. He's a hell of a pilot. Dude, totally great. And like you had all these and fucking Johnny O, just consistent. No zeros, flying great, one nationals at the pits S one T. So why at you know, it's a little tricky because the twenty nineteen known was a little fucked up with if you're hot weather, high altitude, the pits I was at a camp with him and it the sequence was kind of shitty. 
Um, and anybody who disagrees with me, just contact us offline and I'll prove it to you. But um, if it was great when he won because it just silenced everybody, in my opinion. Like, there's no excuse why you couldn't win in a pits at that point, right? Yeah, yeah. You know? No, absolutely. And it was great because he was an American guy, American airplane, American coach. He was training with Morrissey, and he just fucking whooped ass. Whooped fucking ass. And he could have fucking canceled his... Let me tell you something. Johnny was a fucking man because, like, his... What flight? It was the third flight, I think. Yeah, because it wasn't team selection, so we only had three flights. And the ceilings were really close, like plus 100, minus 100 as far as, like, whether we had height. And the guy was in the lead. He Honestly, he didn't have to fly. He could have just been like, no, the ceilings are not there. They're not there. I don't have to fly. Cancel the flight. And that whole unknown would have been canceled. It was the last day or whatever the heck. I forget really the details, but basically he didn't have to fly and he could have won. But, you know, he's a fucking man. And he was like, fuck it. I'm going to go fly. And he flew the unknown and he whooped ass and he still won nationals. Like nobody, nobody really knows that whole detail about it. He really didn't have to fly that last flight. And he was like, fuck it. I'm not going to ruin this for everybody. I don't care. You know, I got, I know I'm fucking great. I'm fucking Johnny O. I'm going to fucking whoop ass. <laughs> and he came in there <laughs> fucking, and he fucking whooped ass, man. He fucking, like, can you, I love it. dude, just think about the stakes. Like he's been training like, like everybody else training a lot. And he want you know, and you're in first place after two flights and you know, there's a legitimate reason for you. You could be like, I'm going to opt out of this. I don't have to fly this and I can fucking win. I can legit yeah. win and just be like, fuck you. I don't. And the ceilings, honestly, I flew. I right before, I think I flew right before him and the ce- I'll tell you right now, the ceilings were not there. I lied. I mean, fuck. I lied. I lied. I was like, yeah, they're 3,500, whatever. They're They're fine. And I think uh, in that case, a lot of people probably would, you know, yeah, but he was like, fuck you. I'll fucking fly and I'll still fucking whoop all your asses. And he did. <laughs> He fucking kicked all the awesome. But yeah, he's the man. And he's a fucking man. Ironically, that airplane is better suited for a ceiling like that than even more so than, you know, the higher energy airplanes. Yeah. I love that guy. Keep a tighter box, you know? I get excited talking about Johnny O. He's just such a man. Such a man. Such a beast. Ah, uh, dude. Yeah. He, man, I love, I, he's another one. I'd watch that guy fly all day. Dude, you don't even know. You don't even know. You don't even know, bro. <laughs> So what shoes did you fly with? The Vans? <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I forgot the I forgot the lifts. So I just I flew with the vans. And honestly, I I love flying with vans. I love flying with van slip-ons. Yeah. Um I love the lift shoes if I remember them, but um yeah, no issues there. Yeah, man. I got um, I got some good ideas. I think that I really think that you and I we gotta contact um is his name Todd from Lyft? Yeah. Todd Lentz. I, I really like to uh, to design a shoe because I got some really good ideas. What I was thinking is like, you know, like those um, the sliders that they have in their shoes, whatever they want to call them. Yeah. So what if? Because I had that problem of them wearing out. What yeah. if they were like screw? If they were like one piece, and if they have like say like two screws, like a Phillips head screw, where you can like replace them after they get worn out, or like different heights, or different like you know, with whatever the heck where it would give you different distances off the ground and you can yeah. replace them. Or if they get worn out, you just replace them instead of the shoe. Let's, um, I'll reach out to him tomorrow. And then like, instead of laces, just go Velcro. See, I want, I, I want to slip on. Yeah. I don't want, I, I want, I don't, I don't want laces either, but yeah, 
um, something where like you don't have to worry about laces. What would you call the show? The fuck yeah. I'm down. Hey, dude, you get those? You get the new pair of fuck yeahs? Uh, why don't we like try to like copy Kanye? Like Yeezys. The Peezys. We'll call them Fleezies. Flyzies. <laughs> Flyzies. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, we'll think of a good name, but I got some ideas. I got some ideas, man. I got some ideas, yo. Well, let's. Let's start. Let's start. Let's let's I'll set up. I'll set up a, a time to talk with Todd. Set up a Zoom call. And we'll. Uh, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> I can do that. Awesome. I might even put pants on for it. I'm ready to wrap this shit up and maybe make baby number three. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. You have to sell the airplane and, and downgrade to a pits. Yeah, it'd be like. 3.30, yes, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> 3.30, yes, see you next Tuesday. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> <laughs> Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Yeah, so well, don't do that. Hopefully, Keep that airplane. Next podcast, we get, uh, we get, uh, we get our next guy there. Bleh, I'm so drunk. Our next uh our guest on <laughs> yeah i mean t- dude 2021's got some uh we've got some guests lined up i'm excited yeah. we've got some people lining up so i want to shout it um, but, uh, i can't i can't no nah, we'll save it, it. We'll save it. it don't do it don't do it don't do it let's uh we'll we'll uh we'll end it before uh uh before it it ekes out i pro- <laughs> i get it dude i'm fucking <laughs> Fucking JD is just hitting me really hard right now. <laughs> uh, well, go have another cup. Go have a good time with the wifey. Got anything else before we uh, stick a pin in this thing? No, I think we're good. I think we're uh, we're grand, grandiose. I think we're great, dude. You know what? I want Sweet to man. Actually, since we like to like yeah. tack on another five minutes and like because we're so awkward getting off. You know what I was thinking? Thinking, thinking, thinking today would be a good idea to end. Is to talk about, um, you know, somebody out there, whether they post on aerobatic pilots or they're just like a new, say, competition pilot or warboard pilot or just like somebody who flies cool shit, quote unquote, (laughs) and just call them out or talk about what they're doing. That's good. Um, Because I remember when I was kind of like up and coming and if I ever heard my name called out or something, it was like a big like ego boost. That's a good idea. I love that idea. You know, just like find somebody online. Cause like, I'm sure there's a lot of like guys out there. Like I'm sure we all know some new up and comers that are, say like at like a sportsman level or even primary or, you know, just flying something decent or something cool, whether it's like a, like an old steerman or something like that, who, you know, we could call it. I think they'd appreciate it. I think it'd be cool. I love that idea. Kind of like a, uh, you know, a, a up and comer spotlight or, you know, newbie yeah. spotlight kind of thing. Oh my God. You're freaking. I'm a wordsmith. You're a wordsmith. You are a wordsmith. You're a songbird. <laughs> you are a songbird. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Yeah. If you guys know somebody new or if you are, you know, make a post or send us an email, like tell us your story. Um, you know, if you're just getting into aerobatics or, or fun flying or whatever, just kind of let us know what you're doing. And, um, Shoot us an email at uh, flycoolshit at gmail.com and we'll uh, we'll talk about you. Yeah. And if you like drunk Jeff, I'll uh, I'll drink next time too. 
post about that. There we go. <laughs> I'll bring another glass of wine next time. Yeah, we got to get like the drinking on point. We got to get like, we got to communicate better on what we're drinking before the podcast. So we bring something special on. We already talked about doing mojitos and stuff. That's right. I thought I was, oh my God, I was supposed to do a pina colada today. Yeah. We, we were going to tell each other what to drink. Uh, Although that might get a little messy. Cause like, it's like, Hey, you want to record in 20 minutes? Oh, by the way, go make old fashions. Go get, <laughs> go get your fucking blender asshole. Go get, yeah, get your blender. Jerk. <laughs> yeah. Get your fucking shine box. <laughs> oh God. I'm looking at like a bottle of Poland spring. I'm like, yeah, you better drink that. So tomorrow you're not so fucking hungover. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my gosh, dude. What's the problem with being this age is I hate being hungover. Yeah, dude. It's the worst. Well, go drink some water. Episode 16. We up out of here. We'll see you guys next time. Later. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fly Cool Shit. Be sure to check out our website at www.flycoolshit.com. Subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes and Spotify. Any questions, comments, or feedback, shoot us an email at flycoolshit at gmail.com. 